Welcome to Spion and Dealing, the Georgia High School Basketball Podcast. I am Kyle Sandy, the owner and founder of SandySpiel.com. Today, it is GHSA Boys Basketball Bracketology for the state playoffs, previewing all 128 first-round matchups. If you somehow listened to the girls' podcast, I don't know how you did because it was over four hours long. I promise you it's not going to be that long this time. Went a little overboard with all the insight and information. But hey, everybody's an expert on boys' basketball. You don't need to hear it from me. You can just listen to all the other talking heads that are just as informed as me. So get it however you want to get it. But if you want to hear it from the person that makes the official GHSA state rankings and the official all-state teams and collects the all-region honors and does the coaches carousel and tracks all the transfers across the state of Georgia and does the nightly game recaps and does some player analysis and runs some camps on the side, well, maybe you're in the right position in the right place. But either way... It's bulletin board material time. Everybody loves to hate me this time of year. I have to pick one winner in eight classifications, so that means however many teams is that. What's 31 teams times eight? Not good at math. Not going to try and dissect the math on that. But a lot of teams love to dislike me this time of year, but it's motivation, and they use it as fodder for the playoffs. So either way, here we go. We start with Class 7A. Hopefully we can get through this together. Top left-hand side of the bracket, Tift County, Region 1, Team 3, 12 and 13 overall against Marietta, the two seed out of Region 3, 9 and 19. One of the on-paper worst matchups of the classification. Region 1, very weak. Marietta uh, upset Hillgrove in the region tournament to get into this position, 53-51 after Hillgrove. All the fans of Hillgrove and all the talking heads of High school basketball Twitter were clamoring for Hillgrove to win coach of the year. Nonetheless, it did not happen, and nonetheless, Hillgrove did not even get the one seed out of, um, you know, the weakest region in the state in Class 7A. Region 1 and Region 3, the two weakest regions in the state, and it's somewhat of a shame that these two regions have to meet up in the first round, meaning we have some juggernaut matchups, (coughs) Region 4 versus Region 2. But it is what it is, and we're going to see some of these teams in the second round, and likely these teams will meet their demise. Anyway, Marietta, Isaiah Nelson, six foot eight, six foot nine, player of the year in that region, going to Arkansas State, blocks a lot of shots, a talented player. Jaden Mann, a good young guard, about six foot five, needs to work on his motor and be able to impact the game aside from just scoring in bunches. Uh, which is comes sporadically, but Marietta, Marcus Hood, a fantastic coach. Death taxes and Marcus Hood winning games. He probably shouldn't win this time of year. He's already done it in the short time span. He's been at Marietta upsetting Westlake in the first round years ago, and now all of a sudden they have a two-seat and they're hosting a home game with a 9-19 and record. But nonetheless, they are here, and they are hosting a Tiff County team, um, which wasn't very good in Region 1. So two teams, uh, really, it could go either way here, but with Marietta being at home and with Coach Marcus Hood on the sidelines, I like to pick Marietta here. Next up, Region 7, number 4, Meadow Creek versus Region 5, number 1, Milton. Milton, the defending state champs, ranked number 2 in the state of Georgia, continuing their climb upward. Uh, Meadow Creek, a lot of talent on that roster, not a lot of wins to show for it over the years. That junior class is very good individually, but for some reason it just has not 
ended up transferring over into wins. Milton, uh, that team wins. Kane and Carla, Bruce Thornton, blah, blah, blah. Just Google them. Nationally ranked team at one point in the season. Milton should steamroll Meadow Creek. Next up, Region 6, number 3, North Forsyth, 15-13 and 13 versus Collins Hill, 14-10, and 10, the two-seed out of Region 8. I kind of like this North Forsyth team. They have a nice uh, backcourt tandem, uh, Aiden Cudless and then uh, Braden Mollis. Really, really good, flying under the radar, but really good for that region. And then, of course, uh, Cole Kerouac inside is a young post player, about six foot nine. That's a solid core right there, but I just worry, how can you withstand Joe Dix and the full court pressure? Uh, press Hill is going to press the entire game. Um, way more athleticism on that Collins Hill side. A.J. Moeller is a good guard that, again, can get hot and can put up points in a, in a, a quick span. And, of course, Ethan Davis, I just don't see anybody for North Forsyth being able to guard him in the half court or in the full court. And if this game turns into a track meet, Collins Hill will likely run away with it. So I'm going with the Eagles. Up next, Parkview Region 4, number 4, 14 and 13 against Pebblebrook, the number one ranked team in the state, 25 and 2. Region 2, team number one, led by Region Player of the Year, Kamai Young, going to Ryder. He has had a terrific, terrific season as the, uh, the lead man scoring the ball for Pebblebrook. And it's just been a, a super good team. John Simon has uh, really boosted his stock. I, I saw him even before. What I guess before his sophomore season, I was like, wow, why are not more people talking about this kid? He's crazy skilled, very good for a, about a 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, combo forward. Well, he's going to be popping up on Division One radars more and more and more and more, drawing in offers. He is really good. Andre Young, obviously, uh, another talented guard uh, that is going to Troy. Pebble Brooks just is, uh, you know, comes at you in waves. Jordan Brown, a transfer, is a, 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 a shot first guard, but, you know, so much firepower. Pebble Brook against Parkview. Parkview, Asher Woods, uh, one of the best scorers in the state. I'm not sure if he ended up leading Gwinnett County in scoring, which I thought he would, but I'm sure he probably did. Uh, he's a great player that should be uh, on a Division I roster this time next year. And then um, MJ Matthews, Mike Matthews, a, a sophomore. Another dynamic athlete that's really coming into his own. But long story short, Pebblebrook way too strong. Just going to overpower this Parkview team and steamroll them in the end. Uh, Falcons, they have their sights set on the state title. They are going to romp their way into the Sweet 16. Next up, three seed out of Region 3, Hillgrove at 22-3 versus Camden County. Region 1, Team 2. 12 and 15, Camden County. Hillgrove should win this game. Hillgrove, I don't think they're as good as their record shows, and that kind of proved itself in the region tournament. But I still think um, they are a solid team. Um, they have some size. They have some strength. Um, Jeremiah Wilkinson is a good guard that came over from Campbell, who, who's been one of their leading scorers all year long. Evan Cole is a, a nice swingman type player, and Isaiah Pettigrew is about six foot seven inside with a good strong frame that can clean the glass and score around the rim. Camden County, again, um, a two-seed with a bad record coming from a not very good region. I just can't foresee how Camden County wins this game, but they are at home, so it's going to be tough to travel all the way down there. But Greg Moultrie is a very good coach, and he will have the Hawks prepared, and they should handle their business. Next up, Etowah, 16-11, the four-seed out of Region 5, fell apart in the region tournament at the worst time. And now they have to play Burkmar, 22-4, Region 7, number one and currently ranked number three in the state. 
But if there is any type of silver lining for Edouard, who who was upset by Roswell 58-41 in the semifinals and then just laid a stinker against Cherokee in that 3-4 game, 60-45, Berkmar will be without Malik Ewing, 6'10", going to Ole Miss, got ejected from the game. Um, when they, uh, what was it, the semifinal round, I believe, in their region tournament, uh, they were blowing out, who was it? We'll pull it up. Uh, was it Meadow Creek that they were blowing out? Blew out Meadow Creek 81-50, to got a technical foul for hanging on the rim, and then shoved the player afterwards. Uh, so that's an automatic two-game suspension. So that was a, uh, you know, uh, a big win without him over Norcross 45-39, and now he has to serve his second missed game, which would be against... Uh, Etowah in the first round. So you take away 6-10, that gives uh, Etowah somewhat of an opportunity. Etowah shoots the ball as well as anybody. Now the past two games, the three-point shots have not been dropping, but uh, uh, Brandon Recksteiner is a terrific guard. Uh, people really like him as a, a true Division One player, possibly even at the mid-major, even higher level. He's been coming on very strong. If he gets hot and gets going, uh, he can share the ball extremely well between uh, himself, Dimitri Angelakos, is a, a long-distance three-point shooter. Uh, Duan Devinish is a, a real scrappy player as well that can get into some things and make things happen with his speed and quickness and defensive prowess. And then Mason Netter is going to take a bunch of charges, and Josh Hughes is going to do the dirty work inside. But Berkmar, Jamil Rideout, a very good on-ball defender and a very good shooter off the dribble. Bryson Blaine, who transferred in, is another big wing, big guard that's uh, uh, just a very skilled offensive player. And then um, it sounds like they got Bo Hearns back after missing a few games. I guess they got whatever cleared, cleared. And now it's another six foot seven presence that will have to play a big role if Ewing is unable to go, which it sounds like if my timing is correct with that being the semifinal, missing the finals and then missing the first round. So Burke, or Etowah, they definitely have a chance in this one. Shots have to fall. If they're not hitting over 10 threes, I just cannot foresee them winning, especially coming off a two-game losing streak. Um, I like Burkmar to advance in this one. Jamari Hill, too athletic in transition. If they turn this, again, into an up-and-down game, Burkmar certainly has the advantage. Next up, Mountain View, Region 8, number 3, 16-10. Versus Denmark, 15 and 12. The two seed out of Region 6. Denmark has been a, a mystery all season long, up and down. They had those, those um, tranches from out of the nation move in and then were ruled ineligible, and it took them a while to kind of find their footing. Um, but Coach Whitlock does a fantastic job, and they were right there at the very end, uh, losing a tight one to West Forsyth in the Region Championship. Um, that was a score of 58-55 in overtime. Uh, Denmark has gotten some big contributions from Jaden Hillman has really stepped up as a, a, a glue guy, tough, rugged rebounder and scorer in the paint. And then, of course, um, you have some other help in Cortland Tolbert, a solid athlete on the perimeter. And then they have some shooters, especially Stefan Davidoff, uh, can really get hot quickly. Just a, a very well-rounded offensive player. Uh, Mountain View, a team that uh, had a really nice year under B.J. Roy. They've been rebuilding for a while now, and they have some pieces that are going to be coming back next year, and they should continue that build, but they're led by guys uh, like Chance Booth was an all-region selection in Region 8, um, as was Michael White. 
So those two guys alone, two of their, their better players, and C.J. Johnson was named to the all-defensive team. So there are, some, um, there are some players there in the stable for Coach Roy. I think this is going to be a really close game, but Denmark at home, they're going to have Danes, Great Danes, just walking around the hallway. Incredibly enough, just hanging out during the school day and probably hanging out during the game as well. I think Denmark, just because they have been playing very, very good basketball lately, I think they do find a way to squeak one out over a tough Mountain View team. Next up, Campbell, the four seed out of Region 2 at 12-16. and 16. They put out a very good Noonan team to make it into the state tournament, so they definitely earned their way here, winning that game 48-47. And then they fell victim to Pebble Brook 91-68 in the semis, and then 62-40 to McEachern in the 3-4 uh, matchup. They're playing Grayson 18-8. Region 4, number one seed, currently ranked number six in the state. They came up huge, knocking off Newton, beating Newton 71-61 after beating Grayson or after beating Parkview 72-49 earlier in the region tournament. So they are playing great ball uh, right now with that big win. And they're just going to be too big inside. I know David Clark's a really good player, and Dante Harrison as well for Campbell, but they're not going to have much to match. Amir Taylor and Chauncey Wiggins, uh, Tyrese Elliott, and Jakari Harris has had a, a terrific sophomore season. So I think Grayson is just going to be way too strong, and they're just going to end up overpowering um, this Campbell team, which is a very nice story for getting into the state tournament. Top right-hand bracket, Region 2, number 3, McEachern, 16-9. and nine. Currently ranked number 9 in the state versus Newton, the 2 seed out of Region 4, 22-5, ranked 4th in the state. This is your hallmark matchup in the first round. Region 2 versus Region 4, a lot of great matchups, which is just really kind of stinks but that's just the luck of the draw as far as doing it i'm not going to waste time seeding the teams one through 32 because it's fun and it's cool but if it's not ever going to come into fruition and happen it's just it's just too much time to to take up to spend time on um but this is a interesting matchup newton you know they haven't lost too many games when they have their full array of players but they did get clipped by grayson uh, mckeechern uh, a young backcourt as far as some of their players. You know, Reese Cotton is a freshman. Uh, Ace Bailey moved in in the middle of the season. I believe he's just a sophomore at six foot eight. has been super effective with his length and just three-level abilities. So, so diverse with what he can do. And then they do have some size around the rim. Uh, Jalen Hilliard and uh, uh, Jaden McMillian. Like, there's some 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, type guys. Not huge offensive threats that you know all the time but they can catch lobs and they can alter shots and they can rebound newton obviously it starts with the the division one junior backcourt of stefan castle committed to yukon you have quay brown committed to georgia and then jakai newton committed to indiana you throw in daniel pounds a six foot eight jumping jack mj whitlock who just scored a thousand points in the backcourt is their best three-point shooter and has division one interest and in offers um 
and even my okay grant a big body down low like they have all the pieces ashton peniman as well as a good guard they have all the pieces to win a state title um and they played exceptionally well until you know a couple injuries and this that, and the other and then falling to grayson um definitely doesn't help them out at all so they have a really tough matchup um just looking at this bracket i think whoever wins this first round matchup between mckeechern and newton comes out of this quadrant and makes it to the final four and the team I think that's going to be able to do that is Newton. I think they have McEachern at home, and I just think they're, they're going to find a way. It sure as hell isn't going to be easy, but I do trust that, that backcourt and Stephon Castle and company. Next up, Mill Creek, Region 8, number 4, 9-17 and 17 versus Region 6, number 1, West Forsyth, 20-7. and 7, The first time this team has hosted a home playoff game. I think it might be the first time. Um... You know, well, it's definitely the first time they won a region championship, if I'm not mistaken. And they've never won a playoff game. Um, but they have an opportunity to do so here. But I know the records are lopsided, but this game could be much closer than some think. And I think, you know, the people that are in the know, I think we're all kind of circling this game. Is This one could come down to the wire. West Forsyth is very good with Jake Mooney going to Georgia College at six foot seven inside. Then Grant Moore is a six foot six jumping jack, and then younger brother Will Moore, about six four, uh, sophomore, a good shooter and a big time athlete. And Caleb Blush, don't forget about that other big guard senior. Um, but Mill Creek has better guards. Trajan Greco, he is a stud as a sophomore, a legit player coming out of Region 8. He was an all-region selection. He's, he's everything for this Mill Creek team. He's really tough. Jonathan Taylor is a really good guard that I believe is a, a junior by now. And then even Steven Jackson, um, that's another long, you know, 6'3", 6'4", guard. Still a little wet behind the ears, but has played some huge minutes throughout the season. Is getting better and better and better and obviously has that good NBA bloodline in him. That's going to be tough. Now, Mill Creek doesn't have a lot of Huge, impactful size inside, um, but you typically win with guards in high school basketball, and I think Mill Creek has better guard play. And West Forsyth, they do struggle against teams with great athleticism that get after you and press. Now, Mill Creek is not, they're not necessarily, you know, jumping out of the gym crazy like that, but they do have really good, smart, shifty guards that can score at multiple levels. They're going to give West Forsyth all they can handle, but it is at West Forsyth. I do think Jake Mooney is going to be the X factor in this game. I could see him having over 20 points and really dominating inside and then also stepping outside to hit a couple threes. I think West Forsyth wins this one, but I do think it's going to be very, very close. Definitely up for grabs early in the fourth quarter. Next, we have Region 7, number 3, Archer at 19-9, and nine, number 10 in the state versus Roswell, 19-9, and nine, the two-seed out of Region 5 that uh, upset uh, Etowah earlier in the region tournament and then fell 75-51 to Milton. Um, you know, you have to give a ton of credit to Roswell considering Jace McCullough jumped ship and transferred in the middle of the season. You have to give a ton of credit to Coach Phillips, uh, Coach of the Year type stuff to get this team at a two seed. Uh, the Kemp brothers are very good. Um, I believe they're one or both are signed to play at the Division Three level. Um, they, they, they play really well, and they have some other guys that kind of just do the dirty work around them. Quentin Partee is a, a forward-type player that helps out in a variety of ways. Not a huge score, but can go in there and mix it up. Um, 
that that's you know those two guys right there uh, mentioned those three the the camps and then uh, Partey then I believe Will Simonson is another one is a is a quality guard that helps out um, but they're going up against Archer who will press the entire game if they need to they have those huge guards and Christian Drummer going to Emory and Henry Damani Harrison one of the best unsigned wing guard type players at about six five Ryan Jones is an imposing figure. Um, you know, Major Freeman, it goes on and on and on. And I know it was last year, but I saw Roswell play an aggressive pressing type team like this and Drew Charter last year, and they lost by about 40 points. I'm not going to say Archer's going to beat them by 40 points by any means because I think the Camp brothers have gotten so much better and are very much so legitimate high school players and, again, going to be playing in college. But I think Archer, too big, too physical, will lock them down and can score around the rim. I think Archer wins this game against Roswell, a game which – Probably going to be ugly in spots. Might not be very high scoring, but they're going to pull away and find a way to win on the road at Roswell. Next up, Colquitt County, four seed out of Region 1, 5 and 17 uh, versus Walton, 17 and 10, the three Region 3 number one seed. Uh, Walton did not have a great year, but they really picked it up down the stretch once they got into region play. Luke Flynn has D1 offers, a great uh, shooter as, uh, I believe, just a sophomore. So he's, he's really leading the way. For this Walton team, who not quite as good as last year's team, but again, the fact that they're, they are where they are is very impressive. And keep an eye on Harrison Morris, uh, a 6'6 forward that's starting to come into his own. I believe he's just a junior. Uh, so this Walton team, they should be able to handle their business. They're at home. Colquitt County is a bad team from a bad region. I like the Raiders to win this game. Next up, bottom right-hand side, another big-time coin flip field matchup. Region 4, number 3, South Gwinnett, 19-9 versus East Coweta, the two-seed out of Region 2, 17-10. Overall ranked 7th in the state. South Gwinnett, um, they're going to go at it. They have a Malik Lech is a very good scoring guard who can score at multiple levels, likes to play fast, and has a good jump shot. He's going to have to have a good game. Cameron Heathington, I like him, is about a six foot five wing. Um, does a good job on the glass and is an inside-out threat. Michael Carter is just a rugged 6'5", 6'6", veteran post player that will rebound and alter shots, and you don't have to run the offense through him. He will just grab it off the rim. Uh, Kendall Walker, a guard that got honorable mention in Region 4. So there are some pieces there for the South Gwinnett team, but East Coweta, obviously Del Rico Gillespie, six foot eight, going to Kent State inside a really good scorer that can step outside and shoot the ball from the perimeter as well. Um, you have other players, Austin Colton, uh, a very good guard. Um, you know, only about maybe five nine, five ten, but sees the floor exceptionally well and facilitates at a high level. He, along with Joshua Cameron. Uh, a, a good player going to Alabama State, if I am not mistaken. Um, that's a good nucleus right there. And then you have Sammy Moss, uh, another dynamic player, very athletic, has some Division One looks. Um, if Sammy Moss is still in the fold here, uh, you know, as I look at all this, wasn't named to the All-Region team, which is which is quite surprising. Um, to me, unless he was accidentally left off, but Moss averaged over 12 points per game this year. So he's a, uh, a guy that, you know, once he gets downhill, he can do a lot of damage. Um, so with those guys, that's a, that's, a, that's a lot of firepower. East Coast has as much firepower as pretty much anybody in 7A. And then you throw in Jordan Eden as well, uh, who can really score, a guy that scored over 20 points per game almost his entire career at North 
gate. Um, there's a lot of offensive smoke and fire there, and South Gwinnett can get the job done with the defense. South Gwinnett, uh, you know, good good coach over there, uh, kind of gets gets the most out of his kids, I would say. Um, and they do a really nice job, and uh, they they played exceptionally well this year. This is a team that spent a lot of time in the top ten. They fell out down the stretch, um, but this is a a team to be proud of for South Gwinnett, and uh, it's it's something that um, they've done a really nice job putting together. Coach Howard has, and I think it's going to be a close game. I think East Coweta wins this one just because they just have the the better next level players. Um, but South Gwinnett is going to be fighting tooth and nail the entire way. Up next, South Forsyth, the four seed out of Region 6, 12 and 16 versus Region 8, number one. North Gwinnett, 24 and 3. They've had guys in and out of the lineup all season long, but when they're at full tilt, they are very good, ranked number five in the state. I think they're just going to overwhelm South Forsyth here, RJ Godfrey and friends. Uh, just too balanced with the physicality and size inside and then the outside shooting and solid guard play. This is a very good team. Next up, Cherokee, 18-9, Region 5, number 3. Uh, Coach Veeman did a great job in his first year there to grab that three seed. They played Norcross, Region 7, number 2, 21-6. Uh, Norcross is just going to have too many dudes. London Johnson is going to be the difference maker here. And then Jerry Dang as well. Just going to be too big with his outside shooting and then his uh, soft touch around the rim when he de- de- decides to get down there. Um, Norcross should win this game, but I think Cherokee will, will put up a good fight. But in the end, Norcross should pull away late and lastly uh region three number four north paulding a six and 22 team they made it into the state tournament out of region three beating the coach of the year david brock from harrison in that region which uh it it was uh controversial voting but i will stay out of it but north paulding they got the job done and they are in the state tournament at 6-22 versus Lowndes County. Lowndes, Region 1, number 1, 22-2. You may ask yourself, 22-2? Why have I not heard of this team? Why is Lowndes not ranked? Lowndes is not ranked because they played exactly two games in Metro Atlanta. And they got their brains beat in two times in those two games. They got drilled by Shiloh 60-28, to and they got blown out by Solid Rock Academy 66-44. to uh, I think they're going to win this game, but you have to play good teams. You have to come to Metro Atlanta. That's just where all the talent is in Class 7A, unfortunately. I do not care about them beating Pierce County boys and beating Camden County and beating Brooks County and beating Cook County and playing all these tiny schools. It means absolutely nothing, and now they have to come to play in the state tournament. And I think they're going to win this game. They're, you know, North Paulding's not a, a great team. Trey Harris could get hot from the three-point line. I like Ryan Williams as a point guard, and Big Dog is tough to stop down low. But Lowndes, they do have J.C. Riley inside at six foot eight. He is going to block some shots. He is going to get some slam dunks. And they do have a kid named Marcus Black, a junior, that leads a team in scoring at 12 points per game. So I like Lowndes to win this game. Just going to be too big, too athletic for North Pauling. But then things get very interesting in round two. Is Lowndes this year's Tiff County from years and years ago? I personally don't think so. But as they say, the South's got something to say. And what I have to say is now it's time for me to pick my final four and my state champions. Top left-hand corner, we got Milton versus Pebblebrook, a state championship matchup in its own right, one versus two. 
I have to go with Milton, the defending state champions, right? Bruce Thornton going to Ohio State. Kanan Carlisle rises to the occasion all the time. I know Pebblebrook has much more depth and many more options and weapons. Um, but, hey, it's the last ride for Bruce. It's the last ride for LT Overton inside. Um, they only play six guys, seven on a, on, a, on, a, on a really good night for Milton. But they're used to this. They played a national schedule. I know they had all that stuff happen early on in the season, but I still think Milton could potentially be the team to beat. And I think whoever wins this matchup could be a favorite and actually make that will likely be the favorite to win the state title. But I'm going with Milton. I'm going with Alan Whitehart, Region Coach of the Year. Bottom left-hand side, I see Burkmar and Grayson materializing. And if Burkmar is, you know, status quo and has everyone back and Malik Ewan's back and this, that, and the other, there's going to be some big bodies banging down low. Um, but Burkmar, I, I tend to give them the slight advantage over Grayson. I think they've been a little better than Grayson this year. I know Grayson's coming off a great win over Newton, so Grayson might uh, be playing their best ball of the season right now. Um, but Burkmar with Ewing and Jamil Rideout and company, all the guys we have already named, I just think they find a way to uh, slip past Grayson in what would be a really, really good game. And that's, that's what we're seeing, especially on this left side of the bracket. Uh, we're seeing two legitimate state championship-type matchups. And, you know, that's just how it, that's how it plays out. But uh, whoever gets out of that left side, not saying that the right side wouldn't be, but the left side is definitely going to be extremely tested if they make it to the state championship. Top right-hand side, uh, it looks like Newton versus Archer. If Newton gets past McEachern, and they're going to be way too talented for West Forsyth or Mill Creek. They're not going to be able to hold a candle to them, uh, especially once they get out in transition. Uh, and they would likely meet up with Archer. And these two teams are pretty familiar with each other. Uh, they hooked up earlier in the season. Archer, uh, of course, you know, they're always so close, but they just can't quite get over the hump. Archer played Newton. Um, they lost 61-60 at home. Uh, at the end of November. So they played Newton to a one-point game. They were right, right there. And Archer, if they could just, if the stars align, like Archer could make it to the Final Four and could potentially make it to the state championship. It's not insane, but Archer, it's just, it's always so close, but that cigar has never been lit. And I think they're going to make it to the Elite Eight if they handle their business, but I do think Newton's just going to have, at the end of the day, they got more dudes than Archer does and they got high major dudes, and that's gonna, it's gonna put the Rams into the final four. And bottom right hand side, North Gwinnett versus Norcross is what I'm looking at. These two teams hooked up a year ago, if I am not mistaken, and that was, mm, let's see here, maybe that was, yep, North Gwinnett getting past Norcross a year ago in the Sweet 16, 38 to 37. North Gwinnett, a very good defensive team. They're only better than what they were last year. Norcross has lost a lot of guys to transfers. London Johnson is a special, special player. But Norcross, they, they just, I don't know. They just haven't, haven't done enough for me um, to really sell me on them being a state title contender this year. Um, just all the games against Berkmar. Uh, what is it? I guess they lost uh, one time, two times. Lost three times at Berkmar, albeit all close games, but they just can't get over the hump. And the fact that they lost at Berkmar when Berkmar didn't even have their best player, 
Don't know what to say, but I do think North Gwinnett gets the job done and makes it to the Final Four. Milton versus Berkmar. I like Milton in the rematch of last year's state title game. Newton versus North Gwinnett. I think Newton just has a couple more dudes. I think Newton gets that job done. And then I have Newton Rams. I was on them early on. I'm going to ride this horse till it, you know, it, it, it makes me look stupid. But I'll, I'll pick Newton to win over Milton in an absolute classic. Um, would be fun, but either way, there's a lot of machinations, a lot of good combinations that would give us a great state title matchup in Class 7A, but I'm going with Newton to beat Milton. We now move on to Class 6A, always Class 6A, very, very competitive, but as I look at my Final Four, I don't see a ton of parity. I see the usual suspects, but we'll touch on that in due time. Top left-hand side of the bracket, Houston County, 9-15, three seed out of Region 1 versus 17-10, Evans, the two seed out of Region 3. Um, region 3, not very strong this year. Uh, one could probably argue the same about Region 1 not being super, super tough, um, but I do think Region 1 um, possibly a little bit deeper than Region 3 was this year, but Nonetheless, I, I, I kind of find those two regions kind of similar. But uh, I'm going with Evans in this game. Devin, Story, Brazen, James. Those two guys alone are enough to move them on to the next round for me. Next up, Region 7, number 4, Centennial, 20-5. and five. They drift all the way to the 4 seed versus Carrollton, 17-11. and 11. Region 5, 1 seed, upset Alexander on Alexander's home court. Unbelievable. Don Bray, we got to give that man a raise. we got to keep him there. Uh, what do I foresee happening here? Carrollton's a team I had in the fall league, and I, I said, hey, these guys are pretty good. People laughed at me. I said, I don't know. They're pretty deep. they got a lot of guys kind of shoot the ball well. they got some pretty athletic guards kind of get after you some. A lot of different weapons that can hit you up. Well, it all came to fruition with that win over Alexander. And now they're playing a centennial team that did spend time in the top ten. Wade Call, six foot seven inside, very skilled big man that has a lot of D three interests and uh, things like that going on. Mansur Williamson, a very highly touted junior guard, very strong. Um, Abdul Diaby, uh, a, a moving on the wing that has had a very nice season in his first year on the duty on the job over there at Centennial was a first team. Um, all region pick over there in region seven. So this is a, a you know a, an interesting matchup. I know uh, Carrollton's got the good vibes going on right now, but I feel like Centennial. This is a team that been there, done that before. Uh, they took a deep run a season ago. Uh, they lose a couple key seniors from that 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 unit, but they're twenty and five. They played in a a very good, but not super. You know, not the greatest region. And I don't know if there's a great region out there. I would say probably region eight is the best region out there, and then region six is really, really good as well. And then maybe right behind that, I would say, is this region seven, which has Sequoia, River Ridge, uh, Chattahoochee, and Centennial that make it out. But I'm going with Centennial to win this game. I think they are. Prepared. I know Carrollton, Kishon Pace, and Davon Bigsby, and you know, just a lot of guys. Nolan Sorrells, a lot of guys that they can go out there. O'Brien Watkins, good players, very good players. But I think Centennial, as a four seed, more pressure kind of shifts on to Carrollton now, especially after you know getting that upset win to win the region. And I think Centennial is going to be able to come in loose, um, 
coming loose after losing in the region tournament uh, where they dropped their games, lost to, uh, let's see here, lost to Sequoia 74-55. That was a tough, tough loss. And then uh, another bad loss. I wouldn't say bad, but a tough loss, disappointing loss to the 4 seed Chattahoochee 64-62. So maybe Centennial got those two stinkers out of the way and they're ready to play now. So I'm going with Centennial. Up next, Region 6, number 3, Pope 21-8 versus Region 8, number 2, Buford 21 and 6 and currently ranked number 5 in the state. Uh, Pat Abney, one of the all time greatest boys coaches in Cobb County, does it without transfers. That's not very popular in Cobb County, but always just gives hell to these teams that he probably has no business competing with, but always does. Only lost by four points to Wheeler in the semifinals of Region 6. Held Wheeler to just 44 points. Um, the game before that, to make it to state, they beat Alatoona 42-40, so they're dictating tempo. And then they play an Osborne team that's just been in free fall lately with all the talent they have over there. That has completely gone off the rails. Um, they beat them as well to push them to the four seed. They won 66-58. So Pope uh, playing very good basketball right now. And getting a lot of efforts from Cam Blashoy, just a very strong athlete around the rim, finishes, gets off his feet well. Just a very good player. Trey Kaiser provides some perimeter scoring along with Will Kamujan and uh, Jack Dempsey, a, a big post player, about 6'7 inside that's playing at the next level. So there are good pieces there at Pope. Even with Will Colker graduating, Pope always finds a way. Buford, 21-6, Jalen Taylor, uh, a good player at six foot seven hasn't necessarily developed into that superstar, great, awesome player that that I wish. But he's still a, a extremely, extremely good player that will be playing at the next level eventually. Alon Sumler is the one that really took his game to the next level for Buford this year. Not just a three-point shooter, but he just does so much as a facilitator, a rebounder, a defender, scores on multiple levels, such a great, accurate jump shooter. He is really, really good. Um, you have London Williams, a big 6'5", maybe 6'6", on a good day. Big body that rebounds well and bangs down low, can score with his back to the basket. And then um, you also have Malachi uh, running the point at Buford, a really good guard that has come into his own. Malachi Brown has strapped on muscle and has been done a good job just being a leader out there. Doesn't necessarily have to score to take over and control games. Um, I think this one's going to be very, 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 very close just because Coach Abney is such a good coach and you know Benji Wood as well as the Region 8 Coach of the Year, but I think it's at Buford, and Buford's just going to have a little bit more length and a little bit more firepower. Really good game. Would not be surprised if Pope wins this one, but I'm going to have to stick with Buford just because, you know, they have uh, they've been in the top 10 all year long, and if, if they lose and fail me now, I'm going to feel very bad about my ranking, so I'm going with Buford. Next up, North Atlanta, the four seed out of Region 4, 11-11 versus 23-3 Statesboro. Number one seed out of Region 2, uh, Statesboro currently ranked number eight in the state. Region 2, um, that region on the boys and girls side always has teams with really good records. Effingham County got the two seed at 18-8, and eight, who Statesboro beat at the buzzer on a putback to win the region title, 54-52. And then Glen Academy, 19-8, and eight, was the three seed. Um, with these uh, teams, other than uh, you know last year, Richmond Hill did really well and they made it to the Elite Eight, but... It's uh, it's going to be interesting to see if Statesboro can kind of follow that lead. 
Uh, I think they should be okay and win this game against North Atlanta. Albert Michael and uh, obviously Leslie Black. Got Black inside will be good. And they got some other uh, really talented, just athletic, multi-sport guys that get the job done. Statesboro should be fine, especially at home against North Atlanta. Uh, I'm interested to see what Statesboro can do in the second round and beyond, though. But I do like them to win this first-round matchup. Bottom left-hand side, Rockdale County, 16-10, and 10, the three-seed out of Region 3, heading to Lee County, who was the Cinderella story last year. They are the two-seed out of Region 1, currently 18-9 and nine overall. I know Lee County has some big-time jumping jack athletes. They can get up and get out of the gym in a hurry. I know, um, you know, they're a... They're a, a tough team you know they did not win the region this year that went to Valdosta so that does kind of does kind of hurt them but this roster does have big game experience making it all the way to the final four a season ago and they have some talented guys and uh, Joseph Frazier a guy that is you know who I mentioned uh, as being super athletic averaging 13 points and seven rebounds he can really go up and get the ball at the wing position uh, two three guard Um, so they're going to be good. I think Rockdale, um, Kai Witter is a, a solid forward inside that can really clean the glass and do some things in the paint. But um, going all the way down to Lee County, a team that is coming off a great season, and they're probably going to be sky high with confidence, even though they did not win the region. Uh, I'm looking toward a Lee County victory here. Next up, Paulding County, 17-10. and 10. The five, Region 5 four seed. Um, going up against Sequoia, who... Got hot and won the Region 7 Championship 22-6. and They ended up beating uh, who we mentioned earlier. They beat Centennial. And they blew them out in the semifinals by a score of 74-55. And then 60-53, to they finally beat River Ridge, who was a one seed and who had beat them twice. Um, Sequoia has really uh, risen to the occasion. Um, Dylan Wally, we all know about the, uh, his, the Rollins... The Rollins College three-point shooter who's uh, really good off playing two feet and just gets to his spots and a great jump shooter. But Kyle Keener is the one that has risen his game to the next level and has really just put this team on his back. And um, he's getting help um, from Preston Parker and uh, some other players as well that really get the job done. So this Sequoia team, they're playing very good basketball. They just cracked into the top ten at number ten. Uh, they have about four players that reach double figures per game. Uh, Wally, we mentioned, averaging over 18 points per game. Keener's at 16 points, five rebounds, and six assists. Parker, 11 points. And then Fisher Mitchell, a stretch big man, 11 and six. So those guys do the heavy lifting for the Sequoia team. And they're going up against Paulding County, who is a, you know, they have little guards, but they're really fast. They play fast. They want to turn it into an up-and-down game. Elijah Fisher, 16 points per game. Francier uh, Chardavanar, Chardavanine, whatever, 14 points per game. Khalil Jones is a, a great leaper at about six foot tall. He averages 14 and five. Then Javon Williams rounds it out at 13 points per game. So you're looking at two teams with four guys that do the vast majority of their scoring. Paulding County. Um, they'll get after you. Like I said, they can make this a really quick game, but they can't shoot nearly as well as Sequoia and Coach Carden. I think he's going to win the battle of the X and O's. I do think Paulding County, as far as matchup goes, this is a good matchup for them because Sequoia's tallest player is about six foot four. Um, Paulding County's going to be more athletic at pretty much every position, uh, but I do think Sequoia is just going to be too polished, too clean, and they're going to be able to win this game. 
Next up, one of two terrific matchups between Region 6 and Region 8. Habersham Central, Region 8, 3 seed, 15 and 13, a team that has won some big games and has had some heartbreaking losses all throughout the season. They play Kale, 17 and 10, the 2 seed, out of that region, Region 6. Kale is a team that just lost in the region championship to Wheeler 67-62 in overtime. And that's after they beat Osborne 64-62. So Kell has really racked up the wins. They've been in the top 10 all season long, currently ranked number 6 in the state. And I kept them in there because they were playing a lot of really good teams early on in the season. They were taking some losses, but they weren't losing to any any uh, you know non-quality opponents. And that's why they've been able to rise to the occasion. And Habersham, they've, they've scheduled... Crazy hard. They beat Lanier 61-58 to make state. They lose a heartbreaker for the third time in a row to Buford 55-54. And they beat Winder Barrel 59-51 to clinch that three seed. Habersham really rose to another level when Osmar uh, Arujo Garcia uh, moved in. He is such a um, just a game changer with his six foot six, six foot seven physicality inside, a grown man, a point forward, great passer. So tough scoring to the basket, bullies people and puts them under the rim. Uh, just a really good all-around player. You add him to Maca- uh, Malachi Dooley, uh, a former All-State player, a great guard that is just hard and soul does so much. Makai Modsley can shoot the three as well as anybody. A, a true microwave that can hit five in the blink of an eye and just take over a game. Um, Bryce Pittman's a very good athlete, very tough player on the wing. They have so many weapons over there at Habersham Central. Brandon Gaines is really good, and I think he's going to have a great career by the time he's a senior. Habersham has all the pieces, but the one thing that worries me about Kell is Kell has some size inside. Peyton Marshall's about seven foot tall, probably close to 280 pounds. If you have a seven footer inside, if, if that's going to take away Osmar's, um, offensive efficiency as far as playing bully ball and scoring inside that scares me a lot and you also have some really good athletes on the perimeter for Kel uh Aaron Smith is a player that's getting better and better each and every year uh Marshall who I mentioned was a first team all region pick elsewhere for this Kel team Dylan Cambridge is another guy a wing that jumps out of the gym and plays extremely hard um, Paris Johnson shows flashes here and there. Uh, Kell is a really good team. This is, I just feel like if this was any other team that Habersham was not playing a seven footer inside that can really take away a lot at the rim, which Habersham excels at, I would love to pick Habersham. But Habersham, again, they play everyone so close and they have these heartbreaking losses. And I think this could be another one where they play Kell to the very final buzzer, but Kell. Just a little bit too much, a little more season, even though Habersham's all veterans. They're just going to find a way in Peyton Marshall shutting down the paint and holding um, Osmar Garcia in check, uh, relatively speaking. I think that's going to play a big role, and that's why I think Kell survives and makes it to the next round. Next up, Bradwell Institute, the four seed out of Region 2, 15-12, versus Tucker, 21-4. The Region 4 winner... Came up and snagged it away from Westlake. Um, Tucker is really good with Josiah Lawson, about 6'6". Uh, again, a, a very diverse forward that plays inside and out. I believe he's only a sophomore. Really, really good player uh, that can do so much offensively. 
Raylan Berrien's been there for about seven or eight years now, it feels like, just a sturdy guard uh, that understands what is trying to be done on offense. And then Christopher Whitmore is a very good three-point shooter that can really space the floor and knock down shots. I think they're going to breeze past Bradwell Institute and make it to the Sweet 16. Next up, top right-hand side, Glen Academy, Region 2, number 3, 19-8 versus Westlake. Region 4, number 2, 19-5 overall. Westlake is currently ranked number 3 in the state. Tucker right behind them at number 4, I forgot to mention. But Westlake did beat Tucker. Uh, I want to say they beat them two out of three times, other than that region championship there. But Westlake, uh, they should win this game. Gaddis Heath going to Charleston Southern, region player of the year for a second consecutive season. Jalal, Jalal McKee is a, a nightmare at six foot five with his physicality. And again, another inside-outside guy. Gaddis Heath's a point guard that moved in. Uh, Jordan Chaney was an all-region pick. And then, uh, uh, well, Mitchell Taylor is a guard that moved in. Uh, another good player. And then uh, Rodriguez Rouse is a, a, about a six foot five four that can rebound and score inside. So all the pieces are there for Westlake. I think they're just going to be too strong for Glen Academy. Next up, Winder Barrow, 13 and 16, the eight, Region 8 four seed against number one ranked Wheeler, the defending state champs, looking for a three peat, 23 and four out of Region 6. Um, Winder Barrow, they love to run and gun and play an up tempo game with Tim Loud. And Jeremiah Holloway, I could see this game being in the 80s or 90s, but that's going to be in favor of Wheeler because Wheeler can play slow. They can play fast. I think Wheeler puts a lot of points on the board in this game. Isaiah Collier just going to be a, a nightmare to deal with, the Region 6 player of the year. Getting downhill, just so, so tough. Uh, Kyle Burns going to Radford, finally got a chance to shine this year and has really uh, rewarded Coach Thompson with his play. Is just a, a good guard that can shoot the ball and create for others. Arrington Page, uh, another kid that moved in way back when from Riverside Military, about six foot nine, terrific frame, uh, is really starting to dominate games. And uh, he is a player that is getting better and better each time out. So they have the size inside. Wheeler just too much, too much, even with the loss of Clarus Amir dropping, jumping ship, dropping by the wayside. Uh, Wheeler just too strong, and I think they're just going to be able to impose their will on a uh, exciting Windy Barrow team. Next up, Chattahoochee, sixteen and twelve, Region Seven, team number three. They are playing against Alexander, twenty-three and four, Region Five, number two. Alexander drops in their rankings; they drop to uh, number seven in the state. This is an interesting matchup because when Alexander lost that region championship, they were without their region player of the year and their leading scorer, Zion Fruster, who was uh, ejected from the game. Like Too many technical fouls, a technical and a, I believe they said it was a technical foul and a flagrant led to an ejection. So that is a big reason why Alexander did not win that region championship they did not have their their best score their their top player the region player of the year was unavailable but you know you have to sit two games so that was one game served now two games served would be in this first round matchup against Chattahoochee so that is a little bit scary Chattahoochee they do have some uh athletic guards uh Tamiwa Adesoye I I really like him with what he brings defensively and how he can get downhill and this is just a a really strong playmaker in general he's gonna have to play a big role Abby Hartza on the perimeter can knock down shots Gil Matondo uh plays well as about a 6'4 6'5 forward wing type player um they got some pieces over there Chattahoochee I think Alexander should be okay but 
They're still trying to figure out how to play without their leading scorer. Guys like Noah Melson, they have to start living up and, you know, providing uh, the, the big production that we assume of them. He really needs to play very well. He has some other players. You know, Sean Ivory's going to West Georgia. I would like to see him pick it up and become more of a factor out there. Um, Jaquim Payne has been really good for this team, and Braden Liu is just a man-child at about 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, inside as a sophomore. So they should be okay, I would assume, um, but some guys need to – Pick it up a little bit, especially with Fruster out. They need to really rise to the occasion and help this Alexander team because they're going to have a tough second-round matchup if they get out of the first round. Next up, Northside Warner Robins, 3-17, and the four seed out of Region 1 against Grovetown. Uh, one seed out of Region 3, 24-3. Spent one week in the pole, but they have losses to Sequoia and Langston Hughes. So that pushes them down in the totem pole that they can't get back in there. Region 3, not that good. Um, living on transfers again. Their best player came from Lincoln County. Um, Frank Juan Sherman. So that's uh, been a hallmark of the success everywhere he's been is getting transfers in. Not a, not a big homegrown guy. Uh, but they should easily win this game against Northside. I and mean, Grovetown is a, a serious threat to win a few games come state tournament time. Uh, a, a matchup with Alexander would be very intriguing just because both teams can match each other with their length and athleticism and scoring ability. So I would like to see that game. Grovetown blows out Northside Warner Robins and makes it to the Sweet 16. Bottom right-hand side, Langston Hughes. 16 and 12, the three seed out of Region 4 versus Effingham County, 18 and 8, Region 2, number 2. Uh, I think Effingham County had pretty much the exact same record last season. Um, a really good team that really went out and challenged themselves early on in the season. I want to say they played like Norcross and some other really good teams. So kudos to Coach Darling for going out and doing that. They lost to Woodward Academy by four, which wasn't a great loss to open up the season. And they lost to Stevenson, which was a bad loss. But in between, they lost by only 12 points to Norcross. And that was early on in the season. They were still trying to get their footing. But they do have a win over Groves. Um, looking at what else they've been able to do. They beat Central Carrollton. Not a huge win, but still a team that won their region. They blew out Model by 18 points. Uh, trying to find what else they did. They beat Statesboro by four points. They beat Portal by two points. So this is a solid team. I like this team. Um, You're looking at those brothers there, the Wallace boys, uh, Kerry Wallace and Keon Wallace. Uh, Keon Wallace averaging 15 points per game. Kerry Wallace, the senior, is at 10 points per game. They have a a nice team. But Langston Hughes is going to be tough. Kobe Davis going to Cali College. Um, uh, they, They have some other guys that transferred in. John McQueen. He's playing a big role for Langston Hughes. They got size down low. But with all that being said, I, I do think Effingham County, they, they've played the Norcrosses of the world. They literally have, and they have been prepared. And they are coming out of a strong region that has seen the likes of Statesboro. And they were just seconds away from clinching a number one seed. So I'm going with Effingham County protecting home court and being able to play with Langston Hughes in a game that's going to have a lot of great athleticism on the floor for both sides. Next up, Osborne, a four seed, 20 and seven overall out of region six versus Shiloh, the number one seed out of region eight, 21 and five. These two teams are mirror images of themselves. These were the last two teams to be undefeated in class 6A. And they were both, I was both slow playing them early on. And then they both rose to maybe, I don't know, two or three or three and four in the state. Um, 
But one team, they faltered. Shiloh, Shiloh, they went to hell in a handbasket to start February. Lost to Habersham by 15. Lost to Lanier by 4. Lost to North Gwinnett by 7. Lost to Dekula, Dekula by 19 points. Lost to Buford by 3. That's five straight losses for Shiloh. And I was about to wave the white flag and say, no, they, they, they've come back down to earth. Kim Rivers has done a fantastic job, but they just don't have that talent um, that some of these other programs in Class 6A do. But great defense gets you a long way. And uh, maybe it's finally ran out. But no, 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 no. 52-36 over Winder Barrow in that region tournament. And then they go off and they beat Buford 54-44 to clinch that region title. So all of a sudden Shiloh right back to where they want to be, being led by Trevon Payton going to Limestone College. Um, has done a very nice job averaging over 15 points per game. Uh, so he is a, uh, a really good big guard at six foot five, shoots the ball really well. DJ Leak, one of their traditional tranchers they sneak in from out of state. Uh, he's averaging over 10 points per game. And they just play really good fundamental defense and everything. Super tough. Osborne, on the other hand, this team was out of the gates like gangbusters, and they have fallen off a cliff. They have lost six out of their last eight games. One, two, three, four, five, six. They have fallen apart. And their only two wins were against a bad, bad Lasser team and a not very good at all Sprayberry team. Every other game they played against a team with the pulse, they've lost. They lost to Alexander 62-59 in overtime. They lost 49-48 to Altoona. They lost 69-67 in overtime to Wheeler. Lost 76-64 to Wheeler again. Lost 64-62 to Kell. And then the loss to Pope was really the icing on the cake. They just needed that one. They needed that one to avoid the four spot. They don't get it. They lose 66-58. Osborne, uber-talented team. Enough talent to make it to a Final Four and potentially play for a state championship. App State signee, Zucker Littleton, over 17 points per game. Chris Carroll is one of the best unsigned forwards in the state. 12 points, 9 rebounds, so dynamic. Uh, his brother, uh, John Carroll, 8 points. They got so many guys out there, but to lose 6 of 8 games, uh, they're not going in the right direction right now, and their fate is Shiloh. Shiloh righted the ship. Osborne has yet to right the ship. This could go either way. Osborne could... Osborne could win this game and make it all the way to the Final Four. But going based off recent trends, six of eight losses, that is a tough pill to swallow. And you're going to play a team that is going to limit their own mistakes and make you make a lot of them and make you make tough shots in Shiloh. I'm going with Shiloh. And on paper, it should be a great, terrific game. But Shiloh, a team that is kind of steered back on the right track, and they are a team that is anchored in their defense and their toughness. And I think they're going to be able to out-tough a very talented Osborne team to make it to the Sweet 16, but definitely one of the best matchups in the state in Class 6A in the first round. Next up, Rome, the Fly Dome, three seed out of Region 5, 17-10 versus River Ridge, Region 7, number 2, 22-5, River Ridge still ranked at number 9. River Ridge, too big. Braden Pierce, 7-foot. Jared Russo, 6-foot-10. I think Russo was... Um, Let's see. Russo was named the player of the year, best big man uh, inside offensively. Really just does so much for them. Um, you know, could be a, a, a serious Division One player if he wanted to go that path, but does not sound like he wants to do that path. But still, he is uh, going out with a bang. A very good player that I've been able to track since freshman year, eighth grade going into freshman year. Um, they're going to be too big for Rome inside. Rome does have a puncher's chance again, which Aquan Nelson is a, a very good young guard, and Braxton 
Wade is a talented player as well, and EJ Holland is a spark plug. Um, but River Ridge, if they get their way, they're just going to pound it inside, and they're going to have enough uh, offensive firepower from the outside, uh, which will come from David Hansrange. Um, but that's about it. Those uh, Hansrange is uh, their best guard score. But uh, Jared Russo, they've really just dominated inside, playing the high-low action, pierced to Russo, and uh, I don't think Rome will have anything to stop that. And lastly, Heritage Conyers, 11-12, the four seed out of Region 3 versus Valdosta, the one seed out of Region 1, 17-8 overall. Valdosta, I've been hearing they have a very talented guard, and Daryl Lockhart wins a ton of games no matter where he's at. Maybe he'll come back to Upson Lee, maybe not, but Valdosta should win this one, and they should move on to the Sweet 16. Time for the final four picks. Top left-hand quadrant, I see Buford versus Centennial, and I think Buford... They nip and tuck their way to a Final Four appearance. Up next, Sequoia and Kell is what I have going on in the bottom left-hand quadrant. I think Kell just going to be a little too big and too athletic and going to be able to score the ball just enough to beat Sequoia and slow them down with their length defensively. I like Kell to make it back to the Final Four. is maybe a bit of a surprise for some people, but I do like this Kell team. Top right-hand side, Wheeler versus Grovetown. I think Wheeler's just Wheeler, and it's tough to beat Wheeler. Until you beat Wheeler, until you prove that they can be taken down, it's hard to ever pick against them. They might be on their way to a third straight state title, if I'm not mistaken. And next up, bottom right-hand side, I see Shiloh and River Ridge hooking up in the Elite Eight. I think Shiloh's just going to grind them out with that tough defense. I think Shiloh finds a way. Even though they might not have as much talent on paper as some of the other teams in the Final Four, I think Shiloh finds a way to make it out of that bottom right-hand quadrant and get into the Final Four. So that sets up Buford versus Kell in the Final Four. I got Kell, Wheeler versus Shiloh. Have to go with Wheeler. A rematch of last year's state title game in round four. Once again, Wheeler over Kell in the state championship is my pick for Class 6A. We move on down to Class 5A, top left-hand side, Wayne County, the three-seed out of Region 1, 15-12, versus Jonesboro, two-seed out of Region 3, 18-8. Jonesboro currently ranked number five in the state. Cayman Brown has had a really good year, transferring over from Lovejoy and providing that leadership and toughness alongside Giannis Woods inside, blocking shots, then Devin Wootrainey. Um, has had a very good breakout season as a junior uh, shooting guard, swing guard, swing man, whatever you want to call it. Um, he's had a really good year for this Jonesboro team. Uh, I like Jonesboro to win this one. They should be able to kind of pull away and put this game to bed pretty early. Jonesboro moving on to the next round. Next up, Blessed Trinity, the four seed out of Region 7, 14 and 14 versus St. Pius, Region 5. Team number one, 25 and three, number two in the state. St. Pius is going to have to deal um, with stopping uh, Brigham Rogers inside, um, which is going to be a difficult task. Um, but I do think St. Pius will be able to at least keep him in check or at least be able to survive without you know him destroying them they did play blessed trinity earlier in the year and blessed trinity did put up a great fight 51 to 41 um but i think saint pius is playing really good basketball now even better than when they played blessed trinity 
over there in mid-December. I think St. Pius is clicking on all cylinders. As I mentioned, they won that Region 5 championship, which is a very competitive region. They were able to pull out wins over ML King, 81-38, but more importantly, 60-48 over Decatur at Decatur, and then the region championship over the three-seed Lithonia, 62-46. St. Pius just going to be too strong inside, but the matchup between Rodgers and Spencer Elliott is going to be a very good game and a very good matchup for college coaches to keep an eye on. Next up, Maynard Jackson, the three-seed out of Region 6. 12 and 9 overall, heading to the Inferno. Loganville, 16 and 10, Region 8, number 2. Loganville lost by a point in the Region Championship to underdog Central, Clark Central, 46 45. Uh, Maynard Jackson, all I hear about Maynard Jackson is they come at you really quick. They have super fast guards. They're going to play up and down. I worry if Loganville can handle that tempo, they cannot let um, Maynard Jackson control that tempo because if they do, it could get a little hairy. I know Maynard Jackson's led by Taekwon O'Neal, a first-team all-region pick, is their best player. But Loganville will counter with Chris Dorber, the Region 8 Player of the Year, averaged close to about 18 points and close to uh, 8 rebounds per game, a very good, strong a uh, bouncy big man around the rim that can do a lot of things. Uh, he's very, very tough, and he is going to lead Loganville to a, an interesting matchup, but I think Loganville finds a way to kind of control the guard play of Maynard Jackson and punch it to Dorber, who can attack from multiple angles. So I do like the Red Devils to advance to the next round, but I do think that game could be very, very close. Up next, Dutchtown, 14-13 and 13, Dutchtown, the four seed, out of Region 4, they play against Northside Columbus, the winner of Region 2, the one seed. I watched Northside Columbus in the semifinals of that region. Region 2 is a is an interesting region. I, I think that region could potentially struggle in, in a big way. Um, but Region 4 outside of Eagles Landing just really you know, running away with it, and maybe Woodland, Stockbridge. Region 4 is not a, a necessarily a juggernaut either, but Northside, they only play maybe six, seven guys, a lot of multi-sport football players. Uh, I think Dutchtown's going to have a real chance at this one. Uh, traveling to, to Northside, Columbus, uh, Deshaun Cates is a really good scrappy guard. I like him a lot for Northside. Came over from St. Ampicelli. Uh, just a real spark plug. He rebounds. He gets others involved. He doesn't have to score, but he'll get a lot of assists. Averages five points and five assists per game. He's a really nice guard, uh, but the offense is really going to be running through Ashlyn Barker. He averages 17 points and seven rebounds. Cameron Hill averages 14 points and 11 rebounds. And Jakeith Hodo, 13 points per game. But they're not, you know, they're just, they get rebounds and they score around the rim and they have some drives. They're not really hitting a bunch of threes or anything too crazy. They're just a, a strong athletic team, all about 6'3 or so. Not a huge amount of size. Uh, Dutchtown traditionally has been a team with great athleticism in their own right, and they're going to be led by a junior in Braxton Cooley who averaged 16 points per game, and Jeremiah Edwards, a, a lanky guard that can shoot the ball well, along with Davari Barthel. Um, I'm actually going with Dutchtown in this game. I know they don't have a great record. Um, they are a four seed. Uh, but I do think Dutchtown, I think, you know, you need an upset here or there. I'm going to go with Dutchtown, and I think they could be a team that 
uh, kind of surprises in this quadrant, but it all starts with getting past Northside Columbus first. I think Northside Columbus and everybody in Region 2 is susceptible for some, uh, for some lit down, but uh, I'm going to go with Dutchtown. I'm going to go with Dutchtown to see if they can knock off Northside. Bottom left-hand side, we have Woodward Academy, the three seed out of Region 3, 15 and 11, versus Warner Robins, 18 and 7, the two seed in Region 1. Warner Robins really had it cooking there down the stretch. They found their footing in that region, but then they fell to veterans in the region championship. So now they see a Woodward Academy team. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Woodward Academy being 15 and 11, I thought they played extremely well this year. I expected them to fall off a cliff, really. But for them to have a three seed coming out of that region, uh, a really impressive job uh, by the coaching staff over there to have them right back into the state tournament and have it better than just a four seed, but the three seed. Um, Brandon Peters was a first-team all-region selection for them. Dee Cooper is a good young player that was a second-team pick. And then Ryan Thomas honorable mention so that's a big three right there for woodward academy warner robbins obviously but cameron perkins a terrific sophomore guard and then he has some shooters around him that can really fill it up when they get their feet set so there are weapons to be had for this warner robbins team uh, it's just all going to depend on perkins if perkins can maneuver his way around the defense of woodward academy and can set up his shooters like Rashawn Williams and Jordan Keith. Those guys can spray the ball with the best of them. But other than that, they're not terribly big inside. Uh, they do have to rely a lot on their guard play and their outside shooting. So if Warner Robins can get hot, they can win this game. If not, they might be in trouble. But either way, I think Perkins is going to be able to dictate the flow of this game. And for that reason, I am going with the Demons. Next up, Southwest Cab 20 and 8. They fell to the four seed in Region 5 against 17 and 9. Hiram, Region 7, number one. Hiram pops in the rankings for the first time at 17 and 9. Uh, Walter Matthew is a, a big guy inside that finishes above the rim with two hands, a young player, but very strong, very physical, big fella. Um, they are a team that has really uh, flown under the radar all season long. Maybe that's my fault. But they've flown under the radar. They beat Calhoun in the region region championship game 49-43. And I, I feel like that was an upset, even though they, I believe they beat them earlier in the season as well. But Calhoun, they had the two co-players of the year in that region and Peyton Law and Dylan Faulkner, but they were able to handle their business and beat them. Walter Matthew and Jaden Clark, a, a tough-nosed guard, both first-team all-region selections. Javaris Boyd was a second-teamer along with Chase Tyler. And Sakai Lockhart, named to honorable mention team. But... I like Southwest DeKalb. Um, uh, Coach Eugene Brown does a good job. Now, when I saw him against Southwest DeKalb, I, I, or against St. Pius, I do think they struggle to score. They don't have a true go-to guy offensively, and I, they can try to try to out-physical you at times and rely on that. And we kind of saw it in the region tournament uh, when they were held to just 28 points against Lithonia in the semifinals. They lost 39-28. to And then against Decatur, they lost 56-40. to So that that is an issue right there. But if they have everybody clicking, you know, Courtney Forrest and Jordan Sanders, both of those all-region first-team picks out of Region 5, Xavier Taylor is another talented guard. And uh, they picked up... Uh, uh, a key player um, in the middle of the season in uh, Tate, my man Tate, if I can pull up his name real quick. I think he is going to play an important role just because he's another six foot five, uh, pretty physical guy that can help out in a lot of ways. 
And, uh, I mean, he was even effective against uh, St. Pius in that first meeting, or at least the meeting I saw. Keaton Tate is a, is a, a fairly big body, and you add him to uh, Nixon Seward, another big, big physical guard, big, big bowling ball guard wing type player. So I like Southwest Cab. I think they find a way to get past Hiram, even though it's on the road. I do trust Coach Brown, and I do think they slip by Hiram in a, a four-verse-one upset. Next up, Walnut Grove, 22-5, and five, fell all the way to the three seed in Region 8. Unbelievable. Walnut Grove falling to the three seed, but they're still in the top ten at number nine. Still had a really nice, strong season. Um, but they did lose. They did themselves uh, no favors, per se, uh, with that loss, getting beat by Clark Central in the semifinal, 67-61, then losing, or, well, beating Greenbrier, 43-41. Uh, and a last-second shot, I believe, to get the three-seed. But, uh, again, as I, I sometimes say, sometimes you have to lose to win. I kind of like this uh, first-round matchup for Walnut Grove. It's a pretty good quadrant if you ignore the, the team they might have to play in the second round. But they're going to be playing an 8-18 eight and 18 Midtown team, uh, a real sleeper team that came out of nowhere to get the two-seed out of Region 6. They were... The sixth seed going into the region tournament, they beat the three seed Lithia Springs, who was in the top ten by one point. Then they beat the two seed New Manchester by two points before they finally got blown out by Chapel Hill by 31. Um, I think Midtown is a uh, an interesting team. Autry Barnes is a, a, a interesting prospect that colleges should take a look at just because he's about six foot four, six foot five, super long, super athletic, can stuff the stat sheet in a variety of ways. He's the best player for that Midtown team. But I think Walnut Grove is going to be able to pound him inside with Sean Walker, a double-double threat. Valdi Zephyr at six foot eight is a dynamic, uh, you know, an interesting, I won't say dynamic, but a very diverse offensive scorer that can score inside and can step outside and consistently knock down the three when left open. Demyron Williams is a good player as well, and Tyler Jewell has unlimited three-point range as a sophomore. So I do like Walnut Grove to advance to the next round where they will meet their doom unfortunately, to Eagles Landing, 23-3, the defending state champs, number one in the state, number one ranked team out of Region 4. They play McIntosh, who's 14-13, and 13, the four seed out of Region 2. Uh, Eagles Landing is just going to just fast break McIntosh to death with David Thomas and uh, A.J. Barnes, and there's just not going to be a lot McIntosh can do. I know they have a Mecca low inside, but I just don't think he's going to be able to keep pace, and just having one shot blocker inside is not going to lock down and shut down a transition offense like Eagles Landing. So that game could and should get ugly very quickly. Top right bracket, Griffin, the three seed out of Region 2, who was a one seed going into the region tournament. They play Union Grove, who's 12 and 14, the two seed out of Region 4. Griffin, um, I, again, I checked them out in person when they got upset by, uh, I think it was Harris County. Wasn't overly impressed uh, again i don't think region two on the boys side is very good trey weems is a very strong impressive looking defensive end uh i believe that's what he plays a big strong guy that gets a lot of rebounds and can score through traffic a lot 17 points and 12 rebounds and a loss to harris county i watched him uh jaleel chambliss is a, a wiry uh, off guard as well that can hit some shots but with that being said i, I think they're still going to be able to beat union grove um, because that is that you know that region four versus region two is a a pretty good matchup for both regions I would say um, Union Grove their best player is going to be 
guys like Eugene Bond, Caleb Johnson, Chance Whitfield. Uh, those guys really get the team going. But I'm going to say this is a coin flip game. I think Eden Grove has a great shot at winning. But I'm going to go with Griffin, the three seed, to win on the road at Union Grove. Next up, Greenbrier. The four seed out of Region 8, 17 and 10. That was a team that had the two seed going into the region tournament. And they were upended by Loganville, 46-41 in that semifinal matchup. They played Chapel Hill, 23 and 4. The number one seed out of Region 6, currently ranked number four. I think Chapel Hill should be able to handle their business. Uh, Shy Shannon, Region Player of the Year, had a really nice year. Um, I, I kind of like this backcourt that Chapel Hill uh, has to offer. Peyton Weathersby is a, a subtle player, but a very good player. Kyrus Doucette is a long playmaker that could have a really nice season as a senior next year, I believe. And uh, Calvin Hunter at six foot seven blocks some shots, can space the floor. Uh, Chapel Hill has a lot of good-looking athletes. I would like to see them kind of run the ball a little more. They can get a little content playing in a slow half-court game. Um, but Chapel Hill should have enough weapons. They should be able to take care of Greenbrier. I think Greenbrier will be able to stick around for a little bit. Um, Devin Driscoll is a, 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 a sizable forward inside, and they do also have uh, a couple shooters that can kind of make things uh, interesting in Region 8 play. They, they played pretty well. You're talking about guys like Jackson Jennings, um, Devin Driscoll, who I mentioned, uh, Andrew Black as well, another guard that can kind of shoot the ball well. So they're going to be able to propose a couple pose a couple issues here and there, but I think Chapel Hill at the end of the day is just going to be too strong. Next up, Cartersville 12 and 13, Region 7, number 3 against Lithonia. Region 5, number 2, 20 and 8 overall is Lithonia, and they shoot up to number 6 in the rankings. Lithonia, um, Chase Champion, a first-team all-region pick. Uh, also, Kendrick Merritt, a second teamer, along with Caleb Taylor, Lithonia. Uh, they're they're playing good ball. They played St. Pius close many a time this season. They have some good wins. They kind of hit a skid there in the middle of the season, which dropped them out of the pole. But they should be too tough for Cartersville. Uh, Cameron Callahan's a good player for Cartersville. And they have a big post inside, a young guy. But I don't think they're going to have enough to really compete with Lithonia. A team that is a very tough defensive-minded team. I think Lithonia wins this game and advances to the Sweet 16. Next up, Coffee, the four seed out of Region 1, 10 and 16 overall against Tri-Cities. Region 3, number 1, 18 and 5 overall. Tri-Cities ranked number 3 in the state. Uh, Tri-Cities should win this game and uh, do so uh, with relative ease. I love Pernell Smith over there, a very good coach at Coffee. Um, but he just doesn't have the dogs he once had uh, to compete against a team like Tri-Cities with Simeon Cottle going to uh, Kennesaw State, Corey Mincy, um, so on and so on. Uh, just a lot to compete with. And I think Tri-Cities, even with Ryan Matthew inside, a big fellow altering shots, Tri-Cities should be okay to move on and do so with a double-digit win. Bottom right-hand side, Woodland Stockbridge, 22-5, Region 4, number 3, ranked number 10 in the state. Fell in the region tournament, slipped to the three seed after they were upset by Union Grove, the six seed out of that region, 63-60. to 60. But then they rebounded with a 60-34 win over Dutchtown. They have a matchup against Harris County, 16-11, the two seed out of region two, Harris County. 
Again, a lot of football players out there. KD Hutchinson's a, a very athletic, tough nose, muscular little guard, very shifty, very quick, very good court vision, and can hit some big shots and likes to get to the rim and elevate as well. And they do have uh, a very nice post presence inside that doesn't have a, uh, a ton of size on him necessarily, but uh, I think he's very effective in Malachi Yuman, about six foot three, but uses those shoulders really well and plays, plays strong. Um, so those two guys, along with uh, Derek Smith, who has a very good body, a, a wing forward type player, um, they're going to be able to uh, compete. I, I just think Woodland Stockbridge is going to be able to pull this game out, or at least they should. Christian Watkins and Mason Lewis, good backcourt members that were first team all region in region four. I like this Woodland Stockbridge team to uh, put that uh, that region tournament loss beside behind them, that loss of Union Grove, and I think they're going to get refocused and they should be able to go on the road and take care of business against Harris County. Next up, New Manchester 15-9, and nine, the four seed out of Region 6 versus Clark Central, number one team out of Region 8, 14-14. and 14. I believe Clark Central was a preseason top 10 team. They fell out of the rankings quickly, but... This time of year, they always find a way to peak at the right time and play good ball. And that's exactly what Clark Central is doing right now. Uh, picking up those wins in the region tournament. Um, they were able to uh, get their wins over as I pull it up here. Clark Central beat Walnut Grove, as I mentioned, 67-61. And then they did beat Loganville 46-45 in that region championship uh, and against Stephon Smith, Dr. Stephon Smith does a good job. He has his team playing well. Tyson Jones is a big fella inside who can cause problems. I really like Lamar Haynes and just his overall athleticism and motor and toughness for the ball. Uh, those two guys are um, some pretty key pieces for this team. And then also you add in uh, you add in the likes of uh, Kyle Cowan, uh, all-region pick, uh, Really played very well for this team this year, and I think they're going to be able to beat New Manchester. Chase James Robinson, a very good three-point shooter, and a couple tough guys inside, uh, Josh Dixon. but And, of course, uh, Jordan Edmond is a very good player. But I do think that this uh, Clark Central team, they're playing really good right now. they got those football players and some toughness. They have it at home. I think they should be able to pull it out, but I think it's going to be a really close game, and I would not be surprised if North New Manchester won this game. Up next, Decatur, 14-9, a dangerous team out of Region 5. The three seed, who actually beat St. Pius earlier this season in a matchup. They take on... On the road at Calhoun, Region 7, number 2, Calhoun, 19-6. and six. Um, This is a, uh, a Calhoun team that I mentioned a little earlier. Two region, region players of the year, Dylan Faulkner, about 6'8", and 6'6", Peyton Law going to Freed Hardman. 6'6", um, six six wing, really good, does just pretty much everything on the floor, can really take over games. Those two guys alone are going to cause a ton of issues for Decatur. And also, you forget that they have a big-time freshman in Imari Winston who uh, can just dominate on the glass. He was an honorable mention pick for all-region uh, football player that's just gifted with terrific hands. So they can really pound teams inside. Guard play is okay. That would be one of their weaker areas. Um, but definitely just having... 
just having those two guys inside and, and Law is a guy that scores at all three levels, so he's not even you don't even have to count him as a, a front court player, but he's he's very tough. But Dylan Faulkner is very springy around the rim and he cleans up a lot of misses. But Decatur does have the um region player of the year in Kenrick Kenrick Lanier. Um he's a guy that has led this team and Decatur can really space you out and shoot the three ball. Uh Lanier has been uh, tough throughout the season. You know, he's a guy that can slash to the basket and do some things, but they do have some three-point shooting. And like I said, they can space you out. Turner Cummings was an honorable mention selection. Uh, he can shoot the ball. Parker Axum is a very good shooter. Uh, they can do some things. They had that win over St. Pius in overtime way back when. Uh, so they're very dangerous. This could be a, a, a pitfall game for Calhoun, but I think since the game's at the hive, they are going to have a major size advantage. I do think Calhoun refocuses and gets the win. Bottom right-hand quadrant, final game, Monday's Mill, the four seed out of Region 3 at 12-12, and 12, led by Bryson Ogletree and company against veterans who won the region at 16-10 and 10 out of Region 1. Uh, Brett Hardy does a terrific job, especially considering what they did last year when they what they only had maybe one loss, which came in the, the state tournament, but they lost Anthony Grant, their star, going to Mercer towards ACL and missed his entire senior season this year. But here they are with the one seed. This team is very well coached. They play very good defense. Um, they have uh, Jones, Aaron Jones inside at about 6'11". Is slowly coming into his own, blocking shots and the, doing the things he needs to do to be an effective post-presence. He is a, a interesting project long-term, but he's had a good year. And um, they have some other players that have really stepped up. Um, I believe Taj Williams. Let me make sure I get his name correct. Um, I like him. I saw him last year when they blew out Peach County. He is a strong player, Taj Williams. Uh, yes, he's leading the team in scoring at 16 points per game. I like him a lot. And then DJ Wright has stepped up at 11 points per game as well. And Jeremy Sams, uh, almost forgot about him, a strong athletic uh, swingman forward type, 10 points, 5 rebounds. So veterans, tough team. I think they're going to be able to out-tough and defend their butts off against Monday's Mill. And I like veterans to make it to the Sweet 16. Now time for my final four picks. Top left-hand side. St. Pius, I think they get past Jonesboro in what was a very close game when they played earlier this season, a game I was fortunate enough to actually check out. Um, St. Pius won that game, low-scoring battle. It wasn't very pretty at times, uh, but they won that game 50, let's see, 51 to 41 at the North Georgia Showcase. Spencer Elliott made a huge impact 13 points six rebounds and eight blocks in that game was the difference maker for St. Pius and I think the game's going to look a lot different this time around but I do think St. Pius grits it out and escapes a very good Jonesboro team that is going to be even better next year when they have eligibility back now uh, I have St. Pius beating Dutchtown surprising Dutchtown Um, I don't know if I think Dutchtown is super you know the best team out there, but I just their draw, maybe with their athleticism, and they have some decent guard play. They could get hot and they could steal a couple games, knock off Northside Columbus, potentially knock off Loganville. Um, you never know, but if they get it to the Elite Eight, I think they run into a major buzzsaw and go down in a, in a flaming heap to St. Pius. But I do think Dutchtown could potentially be a really sneaky team to just uh, be annoying and win games they probably shouldn't. 
bottom left-hand side, Southwest the Cab and Eagles Landing is what I'm seeing on this quadrant. And I think Eagles Landing is way too strong. The defending champs, way too good. I, I like them to make it back to the Final Four. Top right-hand side, Chapel Hill and Tri-Cities. I think Tri-Cities just a little bit more polished with Coddle and uh, Noriko Danner and everything they have going on. Corey Mincy. Amari Forts is a very, very good coach. I think, especially if this game is at home at Tri-Cities, which it could not be with the coin flip. But either way, I think Tri-Cities is is a a very good team that I don't want to say they've been flying under the radar, but there's not been a lot of talk of them being a state title team. You know, all eyes are focused on Eagles landing, but I do think Tri-Cities, just with that guard play and a big man inside that can block shots, I think Tri-Cities will be enough to get to the Final Four. Bottom right-hand side, Woodland Stockbridge versus Calhoun. I'm going to go with Calhoun. Again, Peyton Law is a very good, very, very good player, very undervalued player. Um, and then Dylan Faulkner, you know, you got size and you got a guy that can score that's doing it inside and out. I think Calhoun, um, that can be a very tough team to beat. I like them coming out of that bottom right-hand side. Anything's possible. Um, I'm going to throw my chips into the table and say Calhoun makes it to the Final Four which will set up St. Pius versus Eagles Landing. I like Eagles Landing, just too fast, too tough in transition. Then Tri-Cities over Calhoun, a rematch of last year's state title game. And I think Eagles Landing repeats as state champs. Now we move down to Class 4A, an interesting class that sees many contenders. We'll start at the top left-hand side, Doherty, 13 and 11. Three seed out of Region 1 versus 12 and 10. New Hampshire, the two seed out of Region 3. I like Doherty in this game. Kari Bryant is a very good coach. His teams always play their best basketball late in the season, and I don't see any reason why that would stop. I know New Hampshire is going to be tough. Um, Tor- Toriano Bias was a co-player of the year in that Region 3. And Zion Griffin, Darian Sewell, Tolan Daughtry, all region picks. But I do think this Doherty team... We'll have just enough to get the job done, especially behind Coach Bryant's leadership. Next up, Southeast Whitfield, 12 and 16, Region 7, number 4. They play number, let's see, Fayette County, Region 5, number 1, 20 and 8 overall. After losing twice to McDonough, they won the region championship and they jumped to number 4 in the State, they should blow out Southeast Whitfield. This could be a game where Caleb Banks, the Indiana signee, scores 30 or 40 points. Uh, this one should not be close at all. Uh, next up, a game that should be very close, differing styles. May 16 and 10, the three seed out of Region 6. Again, kind of had a okay year, but I'm always jumping the gun too quick on putting Mays in the top 10. They just can't really stick in there, but a team that I can rely on is North Oconee, Region 8, number 2. Again, they were they fell out of the poll early on, and then they really worked their way back in. They're ranked number 9 in the state. Rick Rasmussen, a hell of a coach, always puts his team in a great position. Um, they're going to be very tough to beat uh, between Brody Scott, the beast inside, a, a, gr- a terrific great rebounder that does a great job of attacking off the dribble and getting into the paint and you know plays above the rim or plays right at the rim if not above the rim. Uh, a very good player that was a first-team all-region pick. And then you have Jake Chandler who can catch fire and hit seven threes in the blink of an eye. Uh, the thing with him, he needs to uh, make sure he's focused. 
He can get a little too emotional at times. He hit that game-winning three to beat Chesty to move on to the region championship where they lost to Jefferson. Um, but sometimes physical defenders, and if things don't go his way, he can really act a fool out there and really be a detriment uh, to his team. He has to make sure uh, that he does not let other teams get in his head and he has to stay focused because he is literally possibly a, a top five shooter in the state of Georgia when he wants to be uh, a terrific talent that should be a college basketball player. Um, you know, he's a junior now, but in, in due time, really dynamic score, uh, very good. Just has to make sure he stays focused and locked in. Um, and they're playing this maze team that has a, a lot of talent. Solomon Evans is a really good player. I think he should be in Division One radars. He's a big six foot five guard. Uh, he was a first team All Region pick out of at Region Six. He's really impressive. Uh, Michael Williams is a really good playmaking guard that shoots the ball pretty well. Darren Lindsay's a transfer that is a youngster that has played a big role. Was a second team All Region pick. So Mays has some dudes. Um, but Rick Rasmussen, the X and O's, the games at North Oconee, Jake Chandler. Uh, if he gets hot, again, Brody Scott, I think North Oconee gets past Mays, even though Mays might have more individual talent. Um, I am not picking against Rick Rasmussen in the first round of a state playoff game when he has a team with a, a, a solid array of talent. I think they have just enough to make sure that they can close the gap against a team that might have a little bit more athleticism than them and maybe a tad bit more size here and there. But I do think North Oconee battle-tested out of Region 8, one of the best regions in the state. I like them to advance to the next round. Next up, Spalding, Region 4, number 4, 9 and 16 versus Spencer, 25 and 2. The one seed out of Region 2, Spencer, should overwhelm Spalding. Uh, so much talent, Tyson McDaniels and company, all the transfers that they got uh, the past two years. Spencer should steamroll their way past Spalding. Bottom left-hand side, Jenkins, 7 and 12, the three seed out of Region 3 versus Monroe. The one seed out of, uh, the, the two seed out of Region 1, uh, Monroe is currently ranked number two in the state. They just lost that region championship game to Westover, but they did beat them twice before. So they hold their spot ahead of number three Westover. But Monroe, this should be a this should be a blowout game over Jenkins. Uh, Dominic Anderson, a very good player. He should just be way too much to uh, way too much to contend with. I like uh, this Monroe team to go very deep this year and to kind of. Um, Make up for whatever happened last year when they had that low-scoring game when they lost to McDonough and tried to hold the ball. So I think Monroe gets the job done. Next up, Hampton, 9-19, and Region 5, 4-seed, a team that doesn't really typically win a lot of games, but they find themselves in the state tournament against Central Carrollton. 18-8, and the 1-seed out of Region 7. Region 7, not very strong at all, but Central Carrollton does have a legit player that you could put him in any single region in the state in Class 4A, and he would be a starter, and he would be an all-region player. And that is JoJo Bell, a dynamic score, um, a three-level score, shoots the ball really well, a great slasher, plays above the rim, makes plays defensively, rebounds, and can facilitate. Uh, he's going to be better than whatever Hampton has. I don't know his supporting cast um, – you know, knocks down shots. Brian Bain's a tough little guard, and Max Young is a very good shooter. If those guys can, you know, contribute and do some things, uh, they should be okay against this Hampton team. So that's why I am going with Central Carrollton to advance to the next round. Next up, Cedar Shoals, a huge disappointment this year. A lot of yucky stuff happening with 
people going into the stands and this and that, but when they can, they have as much talent as anybody to make it to an Elite Eight or Final Four, 13 and 14 out of Region 8, the three seed. They play Maris, 18 and 9, the two seed out of Region 6. Um, Kashik Brown and Jardavian Colbert, if those guys are healthy, I know they, they, you know, a lot of those guys are banged up and missed time early on in the year, so it was injuries earlier in the year, then it's discipline and this and that. As the season rolled on, it was just a, a nightmare headache of a season for Cedar Schultz, but they find themselves with the three seed and in a position to do some damage. Um, they have some size inside in the paint that helps rebound now, and they do have Elijah Curry, a nice third option as a scorer. Um, playing a Mares team that has played some good teams, is used to playing uh, teams that are bigger than them and might be quicker than them. Um, but Maris plays very good defense. They have a first-team all-region pick in Quinn Dam. Uh, also, they have uh, a couple others that were honorable mention. Grant Erickson is a, a strong body forward. That's a, maybe about 6'3", but scores really re- well around the rim. Luke Harpering is a talented young player. And then Jesse Gaines is a veteran at the guard position. I like Maris in this one just because Cedar Shoals, every time I feel like Cedar Shoals is really about to start get rolling, they kind of sabotage themselves with something crazy happening. Uh, I think Cedar Shoals has a great opportunity to win this game, but I do think uh, Maris should be able to come out with a good game plan. They are uh, well coached as well. I, I see this game being up for grabs in the fourth quarter, but maybe Maris is making one or two more plays in Cedar Shoals, which would kind of be a microcosm of Cedar Shoals season, just not necessarily being able to get over the hump. Next up, 15-8 and eight Shaw, the four seed out of Region 2 versus Baldwin, defending state champs 21-3. and three. Um, They are the number one seed out of Region 4. Uh, Baldwin should win this one. Uh, I know Baldwin doesn't have the, the glamour as much as last year being undefeated, but they're still really, really good, and they should be able to handle their business, especially at home, and take this game and move on to the Sweet 16. Next up, on the top right-hand side, Hardaway, the 14-12 and 12 team, three-seed out of Region 2 versus Region 4, number 2, Perry, 14-11. I'm going with Hardaway in this one. I know Perry... Um, has a lot of athletes, a lot of football players that play both sports. But I think I'm going to go with Hardaway. I think Hardaway is a, a, a pretty solid team. They always have one or two guys that can really go after it and get it. Um, this year, they're led by a guard, it seems like, Greg Grant. Greg Grant uh, averaging 16 points per game. I like Matthew Carter Adams, a big guard that I, I saw in the offseason as a playmaker. I think those two guys alone, um, they're going to be tough. I know Perry, um, as I mentioned, they have a lot of football players that really do a, a bulk of their damage. Daquan Wright, I believe he's still playing. is probably one of their best players. Looks like he's averaging over 18 points and eight rebounds per game. Um, but I think I'm going to go with Hardaway, that toughness from the Columbus area. Uh, again, a close game, a coin flip game. Perry, probably the favorite, but I'm going to go with Hardaway. Next up, Chester T, Region 8, number 4, 10 and 18 versus Druid Hills. Region 6, number 1, 23 and 4, Druid Hills, ranked 8th in the state. Um, Chester T, 10 and 18, very easily could be 18 and 10. They've had a lead in pretty much every single game they played and in the fourth quarter. Um, just always, it feels like, just can't close out the game they get a little tighter they blow a lead even that game against uh, North Oconee when they lost at the buzzer in the semifinal they were up double digits about midway through 
the fourth quarter and then just the wheels fell off. Um, they were a scary team to play in the first round just because of their defense. Um, they do a really good job of taking away what other teams like to do and kind of dictating the tempo. And they might fall behind early, but more often than not, they're going to be able to trim into that lead. Uh, it's about making shots for this team. Hugh Pruitt is a very good on-ball defender. Um, he hit some timely shots in that loss, and North Oconee hit three threes in the fourth quarter. Typically, if I hear that from them, if they get one player hitting three threes in the fourth quarter, they're, they're probably in really good shape. Um, but it wasn't the case that night when they lost on that buzzer beater. Uh, Colton Wilbanks is someone that people should start getting familiar with. A sophomore, six foot five, plays above the rim, averaged about 19 points and 10 rebounds per game. A really good player. Um, and then Jarvis Weaver has come on strong from Monroe area who transferred in. Uh, a wing, just a hustler player. You know, he's very reluctant to shoot from the perimeter. Uh, what kind of gets me with Chesty, I feel like they get kind of jumbled up inside and like drive on top of drive, and they play within a really small five-foot radius of each other inside. But they're always involved in every single game, and they're at their best when they are able to kind of space the floor out and get a couple open looks and then find Colton Wilbanks, who does a great job crashing the boards, something that Druid Hills has to be very concerned with and have to have an eye on that at all times. But Druid Hills has a great rebounder in their own right. Keyshawn Evans, the player of the year in Region 6. He has had a breakout season under Coach Antoine Stroud, who was a Region Coach of the Year. Um, so those two alone, Coach, Coach Stroud and Evans, uh, they have some other guys as well. Nicholas Majors was a second-teamer. Harry Garowitz was a second-teamer for that all-region group. And Karan Strickland was an honorable mention performer. Um, I think this game is going to be close. Chesty just, other than that Cedar Shoals game where it's just a really tough matchup for them, um, I, I think Chesty's going to hang around. And the longer you let a team hang around, especially in the state tournament, things can happen. It's not like Chesty hasn't seen a team like this before. They played in that very tough region with Jefferson. They've seen the likes of East Hall, who was good. Madison County, who they upset a 21 team to make it into the state tournament. Um, Cedar Shoals, they've, they've given them uh, a, a run for their money a few times. Um, I do think Druid Hill should win this game. I think Chesty will be there and uh, make it interesting. But Chesty, they can't fall behind early. The, the stage can't be too big for them. If they're able to go into halftime, which, they again, they've had a lead in so many of these fourth-quarter games, they very well could have been a, a, a flip-flop that record. Um, they just struggle to kind of make those winning plays down the stretch. But they're going to be right there. If they're right there in the third or fourth quarter, who knows what happens. Um, Region 8 is it well we'll see what happens with the with these matchups but region eight and region six um region eight might be a little bit stronger than region six uh we'll see if that plays itself out but chesty's gonna be right there and if they are right there in the fourth quarter strange things can happen come state tournament time but druid hills is a good team they've proven that they played their way onto the radar i was a late adopter on druid hills but i do think this is a team that can win some games in the state tournament and i think it might not be pretty, but I do think Druid Hills survives chastity. Next up, 14 and 14, Region 7, three seed Pickens against McDonough, the two seed out of Region 5, 23 and 2, the number one ranked team in the state. McDonough will absolutely crush Pickens County in this game. Pickens has no prayer of stopping Davion Thomas, the Region 5 player of the year. Uh, this is going to be a game that's probably decided by 30 or more points. Um, just. Just not a good matchup for Pickens whatsoever. 
Next up, Cairo, 17-7, the four seed out of Region 1 versus Benedictine, three seed number three. Region 3, number one seed, 15-6 overall. Benedictine won that region. Frank Williams, Frank Williams, uh, the coach of the year. Christian Neely, uh, co-player of the year in that region. LaDon Bryant, Caleb Jones, Jamal Maynard, names to remember to be familiar with. Um, I don't think Benedictine is necessarily a powerhouse. I think they are a solid program that is definitely moving in the right direction. Cairo at 7-17. and 17. Um, They did what they had to do to get here. They uh, pulled off a huge upset over Bainbridge, 55-53, then fell to 17, by 17 points to Monroe, and then lost by 12 to Doherty. So Cairo is an is a interesting underdog, especially if they beat Bainbridge to get here. Uh, but I do think Benedictine with the home court advantage, uh, they should win this game. Bottom right-hand side, West Side making Region 4, team number 3, 17-11 overall versus LaGrange. Region 2, number 2, 21-6. LaGrange has had a very good season. They're much improved from last year. They had a transfer move in from Callaway, who's been one of their best players this season. Um, West Side, without Kowasi Reeves, they still do have a a very good backcourt as far as scoring the ball, and, you know, they are quick back there. They do have a few playmakers. Shannon Fountain is a good one, um, as is Davion Henderson. Uh, just looking at what they put up this year, Henderson is averaging over 21 points and eight rebounds per game. Fountain, 15, 5, and 5. And they do have a big guy. He hasn't necessarily um, come into his own yet, and it looks like he's only played in 14 games, so this could be a moot point as I, I look it up in real time. Uh, if he is still available or not, looks like he is out or has not played recently. Um, Tobias Rice was going to be a big deal at six foot eight inside, but he hasn't played in weeks, so he is likely injured or just not with the team right now. Um, that somewhat changes my decision on this game, um, but I do think Westside Macon. Uh, I think they will advance past this Lagrange team. The one problem that sticks in my crawl with LaGrange is, you know, they did get blown out by Marietta uh, 52-23. to That was a really, really bad loss. They played Spencer close, lost by six the one time, lost by four the next time, then lost 73-45 to in the region championship. Um, LaGrange, probably the favorite in this game. They are the home team, um, but I'm going to roll the dice. I'm going to go with Westside Macon and pick them, but Devin Doel... Uh, really good guard for this LaGrange team has uh, really kind of put this team on his back. Uh, I like this LaGrange team, but I think I'm going with Westside Bacon in the upset. Next up, Hapeville, 14-10. and 10, The four seed out of Region 6 versus uh, Jefferson, Region 8, number 1, 23-3. Jefferson currently ranked number 6 in the state. This is going to be... Uh, uh, interesting game. We'll see if Jefferson can handle um, Hapeville. Hapeville's got some some guards that can kind of get after you, and you know there's some bad bad blood dating back to football when Hapeville upset at Jefferson in football this year in the playoffs, 12 to 10 in a low scoring game. And you know Caden Bailey, a big football player inside for Jefferson, I'm sure he remembers that. Uh, he anchors the defense inside, but JT Folkrod, a big guard on the perimeter, shoots the ball exceptionally well. Uh, Jefferson, coached by Kevin Morris, a region coach of the year, also has Dalen Gales, a first-team guard, a first-team all-region pick over there. Uh, Riley Holloman is a nice table setter as well. I think Jefferson has all the pieces. They should be okay, but Hateville Charter, Langston Scales was a first-team pick 
He's going to come at them hard. And Romante Cruz and Jonathan Goldson also uh, earned some honorable mention selection. But try not to look into it too much. Jefferson should handle their business in this one, especially being at home where it's tough to win at Jefferson. I like the Dragons to advance. Next up, bottom right-hand side, Luella, 10-14, and 14, Region 5, number 3, versus Northwest Whitfield, the two-seed out of Region 7, 23-4. Ah, Region 7 again. I don't think it's very good, but Luella wasn't that great either. Sub 500 out of Region 5, which really drops off a cliff behind teams like uh, McDonough and Fayette County. Um, Northwest Whitfield, they do have Peyton Baker, a very good player, and Chandler Jackson. Those two really lead the way with Will Anderson as a third musketeer. I think I'm going to go with Northwest Whitfield. Uh, again, it's tough to win at Tunnel Hill. Luella hasn't seen many environments like that. Um, likely going to be part of a doubleheader. I think the Bruins, uh, you know, with the luck of the draw, I think the Bruins take care of business and make it to the second round. And lastly, Island 6-17, and 17, Region 3, number 4 seed, versus Westover, the third-ranked team in the state, 21-3, and and the champs out of Region 1, Westover should... Uh, really had their way with Islands. Islands going to fight them tooth and nail and play very scrappy, but Westover just way too much talent over there and way too much on the resume to think anything otherwise. Final four picks, Fayette County versus Spencer on the top left-hand side. Uh, Fayette County, uh, I just think with the X and O's advantage and then having the best player on the court in Caleb Banks, that is going to be tough for Spencer to stop, even though Spencer can throw so many big bodies and Tony Montgomery and Jaleen Drake and all these players, Tyson McDaniel, everyone, so many options they have out there. I just think Fayette County um, is going to be able to get the job done. Uh, that is a, a, a very well-coached team. And like I said, when you have Caleb Banks uh, roaming around at six foot eight, scoring at all three levels, and you have a legendary coach in Andre Flynn um, masterminding this uh, offense and defense, I think Fayette County gets the job done. Bottom left-hand side, Monroe versus Baldwin. An interesting matchup. Baldwin uh, has played some of the best teams in the state in this classification. They lost to McDonough 34-29. They lost to Westover 65-56. I think Monroe gets past Baldwin. Uh, I think that's going to be a really good game. But I do think Monroe, again, trying to trying to take care of business after last year's disappointing ending to the season. I think Monroe gets by the defending state champs in a very close game. Top right-hand side, I see McDonough versus Druid Hills. And I like McDonough. McDonough. McDonough has been the best team all season long. No matter what some crazy people say on Twitter, the stats are the stats, the facts are the facts, the numbers don't lie. This is a team that has played a lot of good teams and has beaten a lot of good teams. They lost one game in a, in a, in a, that lost to um, Fayette County, but that does not wipe away the two wins prior. Uh, B.J. Thomas has done a very good job. McDonough is a team to beat this year, hands down. Davion Thomas being eligible this season is possibly uh, the, the player of the year in the classification. They have size. They have athleticism. They have tough guards. They have, you know, they have length. They have everything you need. McDonough over Jewett Hills. McDonough to the Final Four. Bottom right-hand side, Jefferson or Westover. Uh, differing styles, but I think Jefferson, uh, I just think, Kevin Morris is a hell of a coach, and he's going to find a way to execute. Now, if they play this game at Westover, that's going to be tough. Now, this is one of these games where it is going to be determined by, I feel like, that universal coin flip. At Jefferson, I think Jefferson wins. At Westover, I think it's going to be tough 
for Jefferson to win down there. But I am going to go with Jefferson. I think they shoot the ball very well, very well coached. They're not overly huge, um, but they rebound. They do all the little things well, and they are pretty dynamic in transition. I like Jefferson, which sets up the final four. Fayette County versus Monroe. I think Monroe takes down Fayette County. And then I think McDonough clips Jefferson. And I got an all-M state title game, Monroe versus McDonough. I have McDonough proving they are the best team in the state of Georgia in Class 4A. McDonough beats Monroe. We move on down to Class 3A. Top left-hand side, Pierce County, 9-18. Three seed out of Region 1 versus Windsor Forest, who fell to Groves. In the region championship of Region 3 to slip to that two seed. They are 19-6 overall and third in the state. Windsor 4 should pound. This Pierce County team setting up a big matchup in the second round against Sandy Creek, which should have probably been a state title type matchup. But Sandy Creek, they handled their business, won the won the region, um, won it uh, very close actually. Really had to earn that that title. Uh, beating GAC 59-57. Now they see Gilmer, who Gilmer does have some size. Jackson McVeigh, a six foot eight freshman who should be a pretty good player long term. And then Cade Carter, I like him as a six foot six senior inside. But they are just going to get, um, they should get steamrolled pretty good by Sandy Creek. They're just too talented, and that will set up Windsor Forest for Sandy Creek in the Sweet 16. Next up, LFO. They, uh, they struggled in the region tournament. All that goodwill is lost with the 69-65 loss to Adairsville. They slipped to the three seed um, at 22-3 overall, and they, uh, they fall out of the top ten in the process. Now they play Frank- Franklin County, 14-13, region eight, two seed. Franklin County is missing, guys. I think John Tavian Hughes is still out. They're missing at least two starters. I think Dane Burden might be out as well. You got David Witcher, a really good athletic wing. Uh, Keelan Big Red Rutledge is coming for people's heads. One of the best post players in the state of Georgia that gets no love. I think he's going to uh, maybe Middle Tennessee State for football. He is such a, a big, strong, wide body. A really good player. He was dominant in the postseason in this um, in the in the re- region playoff run. Uh, can really do some things inside. He is going to be a wrecking ball for LFO to deal with. He is going to give them some trouble. But on the other hand, Franklin County um, is Keys Roebuck and Company. Are they going to be able to dis- to stop uh, Jamichael, um, Jamichael Davis and also uh, Brent Bowman? Uh, those two guys are just so electric. Davis, such a terrific athlete getting downhill in the open court, playing above the rim, and then Bowman just unguardable in one-on-one situations with how he's able to get to his spots and knock down shot after shot from the three-point line and in the mid-range. If Bowman is off, Franklin County has an opportunity to win this game, but if he's somewhat on or completely on, uh, LFO is just going to be too good with those two guards. But it's heavy lifting. It's two guys, and the rest are out there running around getting exercise. LFO, if they want to do something, they need to get some more support from everybody else on that roster. Amari Burnett is a third. The third guy that I do think is a quality player, a solid player, um, can do some things. Rebounding about six foot three, six foot four. He's going to be tasked with stopping Keelan Rutledge. Um, but everyone else, they really have to lift their level of play if they want to compete deep into the state tournament. But I do like LFO to win this game. Hepsiba, 9-14, Region 4, number 4. 
Uh, they play Sumter County 25-2, the champs out of Region 2, and currently ranked number two in the state. Sumter County should blow the doors off of Hefsaba. This is a team that I'm starting to really buy stock in. I really think this team could be on to something this year. Sumter County is very, very tough. Kyrick Davis is a big wing-type player. Uh, First-team all-region, Demetrius Hurley. Uh, also a first-team all-region guy, and then second-teamers Cameron Evans and Brandon Pope really round out the offensive attack. Sumter County, very good team. That is the group of death, that top left-hand side, right? Windsor Forest, Sandy Creek, LFO, and Sumter County. That's four teams that were in the top ten uh, pretty much all season long. Uh, and you're talking about Windsor Forest, Sandy Creek, and Sumter County uh, right there alone. Those are your uh, top three teams. So, Good luck getting out of there if you survive alive. Hopefully, uh, for your own sake, you should be able to win the state title. But with that being said, let's move on down to the bottom left-hand side. Johnson Savannah at Tatnall County. Johnson, three seed, just cracked into the top ten again at number ten overall, 15-10 and 10 overall. Against Tatnall County, 19-6, and six, a two seed, upset by Long County, 71-70 in the region championship I wanted to put Tattnall County in the top 10. This is a team that was hovering in about the 12 spot, 10, 11, 11, 12 spot uh, for a long time now. And I said before the region tournament, hey, you guys take care of business. You win the region, which you should. You're probably going to be in the top 10. That did not happen. So they're shut out again. And now they have a very difficult matchup with Johnson Savannah, a very good team, a very scrappy team. Um, John Savannah, what they did in the region tournament, they lost 64-59 to Windsor Force, and then they beat Beach by three points to claim the three seed. Uh, Antonio Baker, he's a really good junior, six foot three guard. Uh, Ted Hurst, about six foot four, going to play at Valdosta State for football. He's a really good wing forward. Those guys are good. Damon Hendricks, he's a really good playmaker off the dribble, can really facilitate. There are a ton of weapons. For Coach Chuck Campbell over there, this is a scary team. They have been battle-tested. Malachi Johnson, a second-team all-region selection. They have some guys. Zion, um, Zion Prelo, honorable mention. This is a team that did rally and beat West Forsyth in the season opener at the Sandysville Tip-Off Classic. West Forsyth, the number one seed in Class 7A. When Johnson Savannah decides to go to that press, they can really alter games. I think Tattnall County is a very good team, and they are deserving of somehow getting into the top 10, but just never never really uh, um, materialized. But uh, Henry Pridgen uh, and Keelan Murphy, co-players of the year in that region. Shavar Carter was an all-region first-team pick. Um, Matthew Mobley as well. A lot of options for Tattnall County, but Johnson is tough. I think Johnson wins in a nail-biter. Down in Battle Creek, it's going to be close. Game I definitely have my eyes on. But I think John Savannah pulls it out in a tight one just because they are super battle-tested with everything they have seen in region and out of region. Next up, Redan, 12-12, the fourth seed in Region 5 versus North Hall, the number one seed out of Region 7, 23-4 overall. Everyone keeps telling me that Redan is going to win this game, but I'm telling them to slow down, pump the brakes. I believe in North Hall. I believe in North Hall for at least one round. I think they do have quality guard play. Luke Sanders is a tough-nosed little guy that plays good defense. Sam Gailey, 
is a good shooter that can get very hot and kind of dictate the tempo of the game with how he plays, uh, shooting the ball and then getting out in transition. I do think Robert Terry is a very valuable big man in Class 3A, a big guy that's strong-bodied and gets off the floor very well and finishes through contact inside. They are a solid team, this North Hall team. I think they do have what it takes to win a game in the region tournament, in the state tournament, actually. Uh, they already won that region tournament going into overtime and holding off White County in a, a wild surge there. Very impressive. Now, Redan has Christian Kennerly, their best player, a second-team all-region pick. Um, they'll have to deal with him, but North Hall at North Hall, they're going to have a lot of fans there. They're a confident team. I do think North Hall wins this game. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think it could be a, a close game come fourth quarter, but I do think North Hall, they're good enough to make it to the Sweet 16. Next up, Hart County slipped to the three seed, Region 8, three seed, uh, 19 and 8 overall after losing to Monroe area. Um, they play Adairsville 16 and 11, the, the Region 6 number two team that, boy, um, pretty crazy how they got here with TJ Print up hitting a, a three pointer from about 70 feet away and being fouled on the and one to tie the game and then hit the free throw at the buzzer as time expired to win the game. Crazy stuff, but here they are. Here is Adairsville with TJ Print up leading the way for this team. TJ Printup and also getting support from Hayden Porch, a very good three-point shooter. And Trey Mitchell was a second-team all-region pick as well. But Hart County, um, J.C. Curry, and Taj Johnson, I just think that's going to be very difficult for Adairsville to match up with. I think um, T.J. Printup's going to have to have a really big game, and I think he will have a really big game. But I just think the athleticism, the dynamic play of Curry, especially in transition, and then Sean Teasley just being a pest out there making plays on both sides of the floor. I think Hart County is going to go into Adairsville and grab a victory, but I think Adairsville is going to put up a very good fight. Next up, 12 and 15 Crisp County, four seed out of Region 2. Against 20 and 2 Thompson, Region 4, number one ranked team out of that region. They are ranked fifth in the state. Thompson, um, they got some help this year. They had a um, uh, some a transfer in the middle of the year that really uh, bolstered this lineup for Thompson, gave him some size inside. Um, coming over from uh, Marcellius Bingham, I think his name is, from uh, Laney, so he helps out a lot. And Thompson has been able to get the job done. Levante Ivory, a really good guard. He has some other young teammates that help him out. Um, they're going to be too good for Chris County. I do like this Thompson team to advance to the second round. Top right-hand side, Upson Lee, 15-11. and 11, Region 2, Team 3. Um, got a lot of stuff going on with the coaching situation over there. Uh, I don't think they're going to be able to compete with 21-6 and six Cross Creek, the two-seed out of that Region 4, currently ranked number 7 in the state. Um, Cross Creek, we said early on in the season they could very well earn their way into the rankings. And that's what they did. And what they also did was pick up some very important transfers that I did not know about. Go figure, right? Uh, so Cross Creek is a dangerous team with the transfers and with a couple of leftover guys like Antoine Lork um, and Jaden Pack. 
But uh, this is a team that did pick up transfers in the offseason, which were not included on the transfer list. So put that in the books. That is a, a big reason why um, I wasn't 100% sold on this this cross, cross Creek team. But obviously um, they are dangerous and they are good and they are going to make it to the second round. Next up, Oconee County, 18-9, Region 8, number 4 versus Lafayette, Region 6, Undefeated, number one seed, 24-0. Lafayette, we all know the song and dance. They're number nine in the state. They refuse to play anybody outside of their geographical region. Um, it's more about win-loss records as a head coach and winning region coach of the year than preparing the team uh, for state title runs and stuff like that. And that's a, it's an interesting thought process. Uh, not a lot of people still go by that, but so be it. That's what they want to do. It's more about records and actually getting exposure for the kids. Uh, very fortunate to have a star player like Aiden Hadaway, who is just unstoppable going to Ohio, um, does everything for that team. And then Junior Barber is the Robin to his Batman, who has hit timely shots throughout the season, a very good athlete in his own right. They're playing Oconee County. The three-point ball is the great equalizer, and not many teams shoot as well as Oconee County does. Zach Oxley uh, going to Piedmont fills it up from beyond the arc. If he is 100% healthy after tweaking, I believe it was his ankle in the region tournament or whenever that was, uh, he's super good, and he can carry a team. Amari Burston is a very quick guard that can get out in transition, can also shoot the three. Trevor Oxley, same deal, a very good guard that shoots the ball. Oconee County can put four guys on the floor at all times that can shoot from wherever they want on the three-point line. Um, they are going to challenge Lafayette. The big deal is for this Oconee team, can they just not get obliterated um, inside by uh, Aiden Hadaway. That's a big deal. Can they make it a respectable game and just not let him get 35 points and 20 rebounds? Uh, that's where you're looking at big guys inside uh, like Noah Hutchinson and uh, James Whitmire, guys like that. They play a big role. They don't score a whole lot, but they can rebound, and they're big bodies. They're going to have to play a really big role in trying to slow down Aiden Hadaway. Um, they have an opportunity. It's going to be a tough environment. Lafayette's a very tough place to play. But the three-point shot, if it is falling, circle this game and be very aware of Oconee County. A good team, battle-tested out of Region 8. They've seen some very good teams that have some great athletes like Taj Johnson and J.C. Curry. Nothing that, you know, Aiden Hadaway is, you know, bigger than those guys, but similar type springy legs. They played them in row area, a physical team that can get after you and play good defense. They've seen a lot of different styles. Stevens County uh, didn't have a good record at all, but they were a little guard-heavy team that played you really quick. And Franklin County, you know, we go on and on and on about all the different styles of play that you see. Um, Oconee County is going to have a chance in this one. I'm not going to pick them to win this game. I think Lafayette wins just because Aiden Hadaway is just too good. But Oconee County, they have an opportunity to end the career of Aiden Hadaway. Don't think it will happen, but they have a shot if their shots are dropping. Up next, East Forsyth. First year school, 11 and 18, the three seed out of Region 7 versus GAC, the two seed out of Region 5, 22 and 6, and GAC climbs all the way up to number six in the poll. GAC, just too many grown men in this game. Eddie Page at six foot nine inside is going to control the paint. Um, Josh Fulton going to Bucknell at six foot five, six foot six on the perimeter is a three level score. Um, he's too, too strong of a player. 
for East Forsyth, a team that doesn't even have any seniors on that roster. He's just going to be too too strong to uh, defend, especially at the rim, an East Forsyth team that has limited size. And then, of course, there's been some other guys that were added into the mix, and Ethan Pullman, who's developed into second-leading scorer for this team uh, when he joined in, uh, joined the roster about a month, month and a half ago and has already paid dividends transferring from Brentwood Academy in Tennessee. GAC, very good team, and I think they're going to take care of business against East Forsyth team that is going to rely on Bryce Bracco and company Matthew Rouse to knock down a lot of threes, but I don't think they're going to hit enough. Next up, Brantley County, four seed out of Region 1, 12 and 15 overall against Groves, the Region 3, number one team, 16 and 5 overall. They pop back in their rankings at number 8 after beating Windsor Force in that region championship game, 50 to 44. Um, they are going to uh, take care of business against Brantley County. I, I don't have any qualms about that. They will take care of business, and that will set up an uh, interesting match with GAC where I want to see what Gerald Colonel, Colonel, however you pronounce his last name, a great shot blocker does. And, of course, um, you know, they have the Johnson boys, Ikeen Johnson and company. They are uh, important scores for this Groves team. Uh, but Groves should be okay in this first-round matchup. I'm really interested to see what happens on that top right-hand side in the second round. Bottom right-hand side, Burke County, 16-9. Region 4, team number 3 versus Peach County, 16-9. The two-seed out of Region 2, Peach County. Was ranked to start the season, I want to say. Then they dropped out and had some tough losses. And Tamarius uh, Mathis, the region player of the year, went on a scoring bidge, averaging over, what, close to 29 points per game, whereas Ja'Cory Brooks' teammates averaging about 19 points per game. That's probably the highest-scoring backcourt duo, or, or close to it. Maybe LFO is right up there, too. Um, but they really put up points in bunches. Take some bad shots every now and then, but Peach County – is an explosive offensive team, especially if Mathis sees his first couple shots drop in. I think Ladaria Leggett is important inside. He's about 6'4", 6'5". Big, bouncy football player that can clean the glass and finish alley-oops. I like Peach County to get past Burke County in this one. Next up, Ringgold, 10-20. Four seed out of Region 6 versus Monroe area, 12-16. Got hot in the region tournament and won the region championship in overtime over Franklin County. They are 12-16, and 16, as I mentioned. Um, Ringgold, they're in trouble here. 10-win um, team out of a not-super-awesome region. Uh, their best player uh, is O'Reilly Matthews, a first-team all-region pick. Um, Brevin Massengale, a second-team second pick. Uh, Monroe area has been um, been through a lot this year, to say the least. Been through a lot this year. Uh, preseason top 10 team. Started the season later than most due to football. Um, just things never really clicked. But they were always you know, a, a, a scary team if they could piece it together and kind of figure out their rotations. Well, they figure out their rotations. Jeremy Anderson has found his role as being one of the leading scorers in the region and especially on this Monroe area team. You see Demarion Whitner is a reliable double-double threat inside that will probably just bull his way around the basket against Ringgold. Uh, he helps out a lot. And then there's just other pieces here and there that Monroe area can throw at you. Vontae Newell, 
uh, Dre Ross, guys like that. That you know, you never know who's going to have a good game for Monroe area, but you also never know when it's going to fall apart. But I don't think it's falling apart right now. I think they're going to just be too strong, too athletic, and too powerful inside for Ringgold. And Monroe area should protect home court and advance to the Sweet 16. Next up, Region Five, number three, Salem. 22-5, and five. they lost in the semifinals to GAC 53-49, but they still hold the fourth spot in the top 10 poll. They play White County, 17-9, and nine, Region 7, number 2, a really good team that fell in overtime after being the one seed in that region, lost to North Hall. Uh, Jaden Ye is a terrific player, potentially a Division I player, uh, so smooth, very athletic, makes plays all over on both sides of the ball. Kenny Simpson is a very solid player as well. Silas Mulligan, too. And Noah Fetch is a big guy that's going to have to rebound and clean up misses. But Salem, that's a tough matchup. Clark Mastin's a really good guard. Brandon Kincaid is a big body that eats up the glass. I think this Salem team rebounds very, very well. They don't have elite size. They don't have a 6'8 or anything like that. But they have a handful of 6'4", 6'5", 6'6 guys that really get on the glass and do work inside. Brandon Kincaid, as I mentioned, he was a first-team selection. Joel Wilson, a little uh, veteran point guard, was a second-team pick. Clark Maston, who I mentioned, it was a third-team selection. And Jeremiah Flournoy, almost forgot about him, another 6'4", 6'5 guy. Uh, a second-team all-region pick out of Region 5, which is one of the best regions in the state in this classification. A guy that will get it off the glass and score inside. I think they're just going to be too physical for White County. I think White County can hang a little bit. Jaden Ye is going to have to put on his superhero cape. Um, I know he'll have a good game, but if somehow he doesn't have a good game, or even if he does have a good game, I just worry, is he going to get enough help from L? elsewhere um yeah it's gonna be a tough sell i think salem wins this game beach 13 and 8 four seed out of region three versus long county region one team one 15 and 10 i'm going with beach in this game shamari huey is a very good player that should end up on division one radars next season i like him a lot and I also like Larry Johnson, a first-team pick. I just think they're going to be too strong for a Long County team that had a really nice win over Tattnall County to grab that one seed. But I think Beach, even though they don't have a sexy record, they've seen Johnson. They've seen Groves. They've seen Windsor Force. They've seen pretty much the best of the best or close to the best of the best they can offer. Long County has not. That is why I like Beach to make it to the Sweet 16. Now time for my final four picks. Top left-hand side, I have Sandy Creek advancing past Windsor Forest. Um, Sandy Creek has um, not won the big game often come state tournament time, um, but I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep riding with them. I just think eventually that all that talent has to win out. Aiden Beverot, uh, Micah Smith, especially if they're all healthy. Amari, uh, Amari. Uh, let me pull it up. Mari Brown, if that's not a not a mistake. Um, yeah, Mari Brown, who transferred in a really good, I think he's a lefty, Vic Newsom. I mean, it goes on and on and on. They don't have an All-American on the roster this year, but I think they should be okay. I see them beating Sumter County in the Elite Eight in what could be a, a very difficult matchup, especially if that game's at Sumter County. Watch out. That could change, but I'm going with Sandy Creek. Next up, bottom left-hand side. Johnson Savannah versus Thompson. I think I am going to go with Thompson here. Um, Jakias Jones, one of those good sophomore guards. Tydricus Braswell is a good 6'3 wing. Um, 
I think it's going to be a close game, but Thompson with home court advantage might be enough to get past Johnson. But I do think, you know, Johnson could lose in the first round or Johnson could make it all the way to the Final Four. You don't know. Uh, I think they're good enough to do either. You know, obviously they're good enough to make it to the Final Four. I think they're good enough to make it to the Final Four, but you never know what happens this time of year. But I'm going to go with Thompson. They've just been very good all season long, and it's hard to hard to try and pick against them right now. Top right-hand quadrant, I see Cross Creek uh, ending Lafayette's season for a third consecutive year at, La- at Lafayette. Um, Lafayette's team last year is better than the team they have this year. Lafayette hasn't challenged themselves again in the non-region schedule. Uh, they like to hide up there. Um, and, they, and, you know, they win games in the, the state tournament, but they've never been able to get over the hump. And, and playing the likes of uh, North Murray and teams like that, that, that doesn't get you prepared for a state tournament push. And I think that's going to come back to bite them again. I think Cross Creek will get past them and get to the Elite Eight where they will see GAC, who will just barely nip Groves. GAC matching uh, Gerald Colonel inside with the size of Eddie Page and then Josh Fulton and company. I think that would be a really tough, gritty game. I could see Groves winning that one, but I'm going to go with GAC. And I'm going to go with actually Cross Creek to make it to the Final Four. I've picked against Cross Creek enough over the years, I feel like. And, you know, with the transfers they brought in, um, with Lorick still in the mix, with the team that now has just a ton of experience after all these guys, you know, a lot of these guys didn't play at all last year, but they played really well this season. I think there's something brewing over there. Coach Kelly does do a really good job, and I think they are going to find a way back to the Final Four. Bottom right-hand side, I see, as I take a sip, Peach County versus Salem. I think Peach County, they're, you know, they're going to jack up shots from all over the place, but they can get really hot, and they have individual playmakers in Mathis and Brooks. I think they get past um, Monroe area in the second round and meet up with Salem, and I think Salem is a very good team. I do like Wallace Corker. I think Salem wins that game just because they're more well-balanced and they're going to be able to play multiple styles. If you want to play fast, I think Salem can do that. If you want to play slow, Salem can also do that. I think Salem wins. I think Salem beats Cross Creek in the Final Four. I think Sandy Creek tops Thompson. We have all Region 5 championship in Sandy Creek. Finally, again, what do we say? Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. I'm not getting fooled this time. I think Sandy Creek does get the job done this year. Don't let me down, Sandy Creek. It's time for them to hang a banner. I think they get past Salem in a very good game. We are now in Class 2A as we have momentum heading down the stretch here. Barry in 14-11, three-seed out of Region 1 versus Region 3, number 2, 18-9, Northeast Macon. I got Northeast Macon in this one. Uh, a team that is currently ranked number eight in the state. Travion Solomon, too good at point guard. Um, going to Mercer for football, but also might double up a little bit with basketball. Um, I think they're just going to be way too strong in this one. Northeast making advances. Next up, 13 and 14, Kusa, Region 7, number four. Versus 18 and 6, Callaway, Region 5, number one. Callaway, a great mystery this year as to how they are doing it. I know it's not a very good region, and I know they're usually loaded up with football players and good athleticism, um, but they have been impressive this year. Kusa, uh, an interesting team. They've had some uh, pretty good results. I know they were uh, a thorn in the side of model for a lot of this season. Uh, they beat them 63-62. Uh, they also beat them... 
58-56 before they lost by 10 in the region tournament. So those are probably their two best wins this year. Uh, a, a decent team, um, but I do think Callaway should win this game if they're as good as their record shows at 18-6. and six. I think Kusa will definitely have a shot at this one, um, but I think I'm going to roll with Callaway here. Up next, Lovett, 16-11, three-seed out of Region 6 versus Union County, 12-13, the two-seed out of Region 8. Lovett, it. it's Christian Anderson. He's only about five foot eight. He's going to Michigan. He's an elite superstar shooter. Um, you know he's going to get 25 points. Just don't let him get 35 or 40 points. Uh, it's pretty amazing that he's able to do what he is doing. I, I just don't. I it's I don't know. I know he's going to score and he's going to shoot a lot, but it is crazy that teams aren't able to hold him with under 30 points. Like he's a great player, but when he's dropping 40 and 50 bombs on you, at some point when do you just double team him or just absolutely just I don't know, triple team him if you need to, but just cannot get beat like that but he continues to beat people over and over again I think he's going to do it again against Union County Union County um, not going to be able to match up or have that the the blend of quickness and length to stay in front of Christian Anderson and make things very difficult because he's seen a lot more length and size and quickness and athleticism from Columbia and Pace Academy and teams like that and he's still been able to get off and put up a lot of points Union County doesn't have enough in that right area to really slow him down. Um, I know Union County Landon Kite is a solid post player inside uh, that will work for buckets, and Lake Hughes has some skills on the perimeter, but love it. Um, Kyle Walters as the Batman, uh, as the Robin to Christian Anderson's Batman, it's going to be enough to get past Union County, I would say. Uh, But Christian Anderson just... Teams, hold them to under 30 points to give yourself a shot. Uh, it's been harder to do, especially when he averages close to 30 points per game. But it just no one's been able to slow him down. And I think Lovett will advance in the state playoffs. Next up, Glen Hills, 5-18, and 18, four seed against out of Region 4 versus 25-1. and one, Vidalia. Vidalia. Uh, the five number five ranked team in the state, twenty five and one, number one out of Region Two. Vidalia, um, way too good, way too well coached. They should uh, really handle their business with ease against this Glen Hills team. Ty Daly, um, big time baseball player um, that is going to play baseball in college at. Make sure I credit this correctly. I want to say Mercer, but I don't want to be wrong. Uh, yes, Mercer. Uh, multi-sport athlete. Uh, he puts up big-time points, and they're always a very good defensive team, though you will take care of Glen Hills with relative ease. Next up, bottom left-hand side, Dodge County, 14-13 and 13 out of Region 3, the three-seed against a two-seed Early County, 11-12 and 12 out of Region 1. Uh, a two-seed out of a region with an 11-12 and 12 record. That should say something right there. I think Dodge County wins this game. Uh, I just don't, you know... W- Region 1's not great outside of Thomasville. And I think that is going to be a, a proven fact uh, with what Dodge County is going to be able to do against the Bobcats. So I do like Dodge County in what should be a close game, but I do think Dodge wins. Next up, Bremen, four seed out of Region 5 against Chattooga, 20 and 6, got their region title back after beating, um, let's see, did they beat Model again? 
They beat Model 56-51 in their, their, their epic saga that never seems to end with close games. They're ranked 10th in the state. Jalen Johnson, the region player of the year, going to shorter to play football. Uh, really good playmaker. Uh, Xavier Gray, the freshman, has led the team in scoring and rebounding all season long. Damian Smith is an unconscionable three-point shooter that will fire from whenever and wherever. Uh, Trey Smith is a good hustle player. Uh, Bremen, Kay Costanzo is a very good three-point shooter that can space the floor and get hot, but I just don't think there's going to be enough around him to keep Chattooga at bay, a very well-coached team that um, is a tough place to win at, especially when there's no Wi-Fi service in the gym. Somerville, that is where seasons go to die, and I think Chattooga will pull away and put away Bremen. Next up, 9-19 and 19, Banks County, the three-seed out of Region 8 versus Columbia, 24-4, and four, Region 6, two-seed, and currently ranked number two in the state of Georgia. Columbia, uh, this will be a blowout. Too big, too athletic, too strong, too talented, um, just too much inside. Uh, Mason Lockhart, too good. Jamari Piercy, um, it goes on and on. Uh, Makai Turner, just nothing that Banks County can do to match up with that. Bottom left-hand side, the final game, Jeff Davis, Four seed out of Region 2, 14 and 11 versus 23 and 3. Augusta, west side of Augusta, the number one team out of Region 4 who finally beat Butler after two losses. West side currently sitting at f- number four in the state. A very good team that racked up a ton of top 10 wins early on in the season. Uh, I think west side could very much so beat Columbia. I know they're definitely going to beat Jeff Davis. Very dangerous team. I like Westside to win running away in that first round. Top right-hand side, Toombs County, 8-20. Three-seed out of Region 2 versus Butler, Region 4, two-seed. Uh, Butler, 18-6, a three-seed over our three, number three-ranked team in the state. Um, Butler is going to beat them down uh, quite handily. Butler is a, a good team. I know Toombs County is playing very good basketball right now and has been putting teams on upset alert, but I think Butler... Uh, way too good, but Kadar Bodie and friends, Chance Finklin inside, rebounding and blocking shots. Butler, very talented team. I really love them in Westside Augusta from Region 4. Butler advances. Next up, Elbert County, 7-19, the four seed out of Region 8 versus Pace Academy. Region 6, number one, number one ranked team in the state, defending state champs, 24-4. and four. Not much to see here. Pace County, this will get ugly. Um, too much Josh Reed, too much Bryson Tiller, too much everybody. Pace Academy should win this game by 30 or 40 points. Next up, Dade County, 15-12, and 12, Region 7, 3C. They are getting better and better each year under Coach Witt, it feels like. Uh, they're playing a Heard County team, 18-9, and 9, Region 5, number 2, kind of coming out of nowhere. Um, Heard County, again, that, that Region 5, it's they don't really report a whole lot of stats or anything like that. Um... So not really sure what to expect, but Zarek Green has done a good job as a first-year head coach at Hurd after being an assistant on the staff. Uh, I think Hurd County is going to win this game. For what reasons why, I couldn't tell you, but I can say that Hurd County did play some decent, uh, decent teams in the regular season. So I do think they are uh, fairly battle-tested for a, a 2A school um, that got a two seed. Uh, they lost to Noonan. They got blown out by them. They did beat a Stars Mill team that didn't have a good record, but it's still a 5A school. It's okay. Uh, lost to LaGrange by only four points. <clears throat> uh, lost to LaGrange by two points in a rematch. 
Beat Central Carrollton twice, who won their region in Region 7 and 4A. Beat them 43-39, then blew them out 89-65. Um, they beat Kip by 11 points. Uh, they beat an East Paulding team uh, without uh, Sebastian Tiado over there. Uh, they beat them 55-53. to um, So this is a, not, not a bad team. They only lost by one to Callaway in that region championship. Uh, so I think Heard County is kind of sneaky good, and I think they're sneaky good enough to beat an improving Dade County team. Up next, Cook, 7-20, the four seed out of Regions 1. They are playing Waco, the number one seed out of Region 3, 21-4, currently ranked number seven in the state. They beat Northeast Macon on a buzzer beater. I was watching on NFHS. I had no idea what was going on in the game. I thought they were up double digits, then I heard a... A loud roar of Northeast Macon coming back. I have no idea how far behind they were, but I saw they were scoring a lot of buckets. And then I see I put back at the buzzer, and I said, oh, well, I guess the game was tied. So Washington County won 64-62 at the buzzer at Northeast Macon. Uh, great win for them. Waco always uh, really good guard. Javecchio Thomas, uh, athleticism uh, aplenty over there with Willie Henderson, uh, Caleb Moore. They really get after you. They like to stuff the stat sheet. A lot of guys get a ton of steals and rebounds and score about 12, 14 points per game. Uh, they're going to they're gonna have their way with Cook, and they're going to advance in the state tournament. The bottom right-hand side, uh, I don't know how to feel about this game. Region 4, number 3, Putnam County, 19-9 overall. A good team that spent time in the top 10. Versus Woodville Tompkins in Savannah, so they're going to have to travel. The two seed out of Region 2, 15 and 10 overall. Uh, Lenny Williams, uh, a good coach. They haven't necessarily had their entire roster the whole season. I think they're finally back healthy maybe. Uh, Zion Powers averages a double-double at the, the, the wing, power wing type position. First team all region in Region 2. Alfonso Ross was also... Uh, first team all region pick a, a good guard that I believe is a junior now. Uh, Lucas Pla- uh, Platana, uh, a senior, uh, about six foot four on the perimeter, was a second team pick. They have a couple other guys here and there. Um, I, I'm, uh, Putnam County has been pretty good throughout the year. Aaron Banks, you know, he lost a lot of time uh, getting hurt early on and then came back and. They've been okay. They've been a little up and down, but they've still been good. I think I'm gonna go with. Uh, I wanna kind of. I'm gonna go with Woodville Tompkins here. I'm gonna go with Woodville Tompkins. I'm not obviously. You can tell in my voice. I'm not sold at all. I think whoever wins this game could potentially make it to the Elite Eight. But I'm gonna go with Woodville Tompkins. I don't know. Um, what has uh, become of a Wes Walker? I guess Wes Walker might have been hurt. Uh, I don't see him in an all-region list. Not sure if he's been playing or not for Woodville Tompkins this year. Uh, big six-foot-six uh, post presence. That's a that's a big deal. I wish I, I knew off the top of my head if he's still there. Or if he, he 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 is there, he's just not, um, you know, putting up uh, all-region numbers. Uh, but if he is there, I, I do think that is a a big boon. Just to have a big body that can protect the rim and can catch catch and finish inside, which can go a very long way. Um, so I do think I am going to stick with Woodville Tompkins in a tight matchup. Next game, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm worried about this game. Farrell is 14-12, and 12, the four seed out of Region 6. 
And then they're playing at Region 8, number one, Rabin County, number nine in the state, 22-5 and five overall. I am a bit concerned with this game. Rabin County, I've been trying to get on the bandwagon. They've been in the top ten, and this is a, a, a solid, good team. This is a good team. Connor McKay um, going to Lander is a special athlete. In that region championship game, he was kind of held under wraps. Didn't have a monster game as we're accustomed to, but he, he is averaging over close to 26 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists, and over a block and a steal a game. Uh, I don't know what Therrell's going to have. Uh, McKay's going to be the best athlete on the floor in that game and every game he uh, he plays in. But just looking at what Rabin County has uh, gone up against, they have not seen a lot of teams like Therrell. They do play, you know, the closest team they've played to Therrell that can kind of match what they can replicate is Elbert County. And they have struggled with Elbert County, a 7-19 team that's not very good. They beat them 67-66. Then they beat them 91-81. But Elbert County was the one team in that region that pretty much routinely uh, played Rabin County close. And I kind of feel like sometimes this Rabin team has played down to the level of competition um, they lost to uh, Habersham Central in the second game of the season by 17 points. They felt uh, they didn't fall apart, but they ran out of gas in the second half. So that was that's not a bad loss necessarily. Uh, what was a bad loss was that Stars Mills game uh, that I was at. Stars Mill finished the season three and 21. They beat uh, Raven County 71 to 65. That was a game Connor McKay had 47 points and 24 rebounds, something like that, uh, but did not have enough help around him, and I don't think they had their football players yet. So that is somewhat of an asterisk game. As far as other games in Georgia, they lost. They lost to Towns County by two points. They lost to Rabin Gap, a, a talented uh, freelance school, 73 to 66. Um, I don't know. This Rabin County team, I would love, like what they did last year as a low seed, I would love this team if they were a three or a four seed underdog. As a one team, a one seed, I think they are vulnerable. Uh, Farrell... You know, looking at Terrell, they don't have too many great wins of their own, though. Their best win is probably 53-36 over Creekside, and they were handled pretty easily by some of the top dogs in Pace Academy and uh, Columbia, which is to be expected. Um, They do have some all-region players uh, at Terrell. Jabril Berry was a first-team selection of veteran player. And then MJ Matthews, a guard that transferred over from Kennesaw Mountain way back when, is a good player, was a third-team pick. Um, I'm going to go with Rabin County in this game, but I want to see how this game plays out. Are they able to take care of business and beat a Farrell team that really was about 15 points uh, worse than the the third-best team in that region, uh, which was Lovett, 10 to 15 points? There was a huge gap from 1 to 2, from 1 and 2 to Three, there's a, a significant gap, but then from one and two to four, it's it's like a whole nother ball game. Um, I want to see Raven County take care of business in this one. I think Gus Hood is going to be very important in a very strong game in the region championship. Bear old, I want to see what he can bring to the table as being a space eater inside. Um, shot selection, Raven County making sure they take good shots. Sometimes they can get trigger happy and take 30-foot threes and not even hit the rim. I, I, I worry about that, but... 
all in all, I think it's going to be a packed out house. It's going to be a doubleheader. It's going to be a tough environment for Thurl. I think Thurl is going to be in this game and going to be in this game quite deep into it, I feel like. But at the end of the day, I think Raven County, they will prevail. I think Connor McKay knows it's go time. He had a magical run last year during the state tournament, and I think he's going to crank it back up again. And I do like Raven County to advance to the Sweet 16. Next up, Temple 15 and 11, the three seed out of Region 5 versus Model 20 and 6, the two seed out of Region 7. I like Model in this one. The Herd brothers, too big inside. Jaquinas and Jeremiah's Herd. And then Dane Fisher uh, coming back off that ankle injury. He can shoot the ball exceptionally well, and he has a nice little crafty touch around the rim. Model should win this game. And then Darion Richardson, I would be remiss if I don't mention him. Little spark plug guard that gets after it defensively and can knock down open shots. Darion Richardson. Good player. I think they're going to dictate the Temple and take care of Temple. In the final game, Jasper County 11-17, and 17, the four seed out of Region 3 versus Thomasville 22-4. and four. Number one team out of Region 1, Thomasville currently ranked number six. Thomasville wins this one. Tough place to play at. Uh, I just like what they have on that roster. A.J. Dent is a good basketball player, and they also have a, a big shooter, uh, that is only going to get better and better in Harris Jackson, a six foot five junior. I like those two alone, and even you throw in the uh, the the Pelham transfer. If I can pull him up real quick, who has obviously made a nice impact for this team, uh, Jare Randall, a six foot two junior. So Thomasville too strong. I like them to advance. My final four picks now: top left hand side, Northeast Macon meets Vidalia. Vidalia. Home of the Sweet Onions. I like the Vidalia, Vidalia Indians to take care of business and march on to the Final Four with just one loss on their resume. Bottom left-hand side, I see Chattooga with a rematch of Columbia. Columbia knocked out Chattooga last year in the first round of state, and Columbia uh, won 74-67 in a game that really dragged out in that fourth quarter. Chattooga kept trying to launch three after three, and Chattooga, they were right there in it early on in the fourth quarter, but kind of ran out of gas for a second there. Um, so I see those two teams hooking up again. I think Columbia uh, is able to beat Chattooga. I think Columbia is possibly better than last year's team, and I think they proved that with a win over Chattooga. Top right-hand side, Pace Academy. I think they grind one out against Butler. They survive there, and then they take on Waco, and I think they're just going to be too big for Waco at the end of the day. And they make it back to the Final Four. Bottom right-hand side, Woodville, Tompkins. I think they, I think they get past Rabin County. Uh, I really don't know what to make of those four teams there, but I think Woodville, if they piece it all together at the right time, they see Thomasville, and then Thomasville puts an end to their little run, and Thomasville makes a Final Four. Well, they have a rematch with Pace Academy from last year's Final Four where Pace Academy won 56-44. I think Pace wins it again. And I think Columbia beats Vidalia. And we have Columbia versus Pace, the rubber match, round three this year. A rematch of last year's state title game. But remember, Columbia beat Pace earlier in the season, only to see Pace Academy win 80-69 in the region championship. And again, Charmin White wins the last time he made a state championship and did not win it. I don't know if it's ever happened before, but I do have Pace winning the state title again. Moving down the pike, Class A private. We are in the single A's, people. Praise the Lord or whatever you believe in or don't believe in. 
I don't know how much longer my voice can take it. Top left-hand side, Deerfield-Windsor, three seed out of Region 1, 19-5 overall versus Aquinas, 12-13, two seed out of Region 3. Sounds like Aquinas lost a lot of transfers. Camden Parada, the last one there, a very good three-point shooter that has been diversifying his game into adding even more offense. But I do feel like Deerfield-Windsor will win this game. I think Aquinas uh, just lost lost too much in the offseason and kind of kind of screwed up what could have been a really good season. Um, but, you know, both those teams, Region 1 and Region 3, the eh, probably two of the weaker, weakest regions in the state. You can throw in Region 8 in there as well. Um, so that, it's a puncher's chance for anybody in these matchups, but I'm going with Deerfield-Windsor on the road in Augusta, Deerfield-Windsor. Next up, Walker. 18-9, the four seed out of Region 7 versus Galloway. Region 5, number one seed. Galloway is ranked number two in the state. Walker, number 10. One of many classic seven versus five region matchups. Out of all those region matchups, um, there's going to be some really good ones, and those are some of the best games in the state. Uh, Walker has typically been a two-man show. I've seen C.J. Brown and Ricky McKenzie both are averaging close to 20 points per game, have done some major damage coming out of Region 7, which has been a gauntlet as far as just great basketball, everybody beating everybody in there but they're playing a Galloway team that beat Providence Christian for the region championship um they beat them 74 to 64 uh Galloway is just so tough Anthony Arrington I think he went for like 40 points in that region championship the kid is just absolutely special uh stone cold lock at the D1 level uh mid to low major player I don't know what's been taking so long with the kid is an absolute machine uh you take him off Galloway Galloway um they're just not nearly as what they are. They they lose a ton of games. And that's not to take anything away from the rest of that Galloway roster, but that is just how incredibly important Anthony Arrington is to this team, the Region 5 Player of the Year. Uh, Quinton Ultraman's a very good playmaking guard that can shoot the ball. And then you have Bradley Banner, a three-point specialist. Those three alone, uh, that's a really good team. And I think Galloway, they've seen some of the best of the best. They've scheduled extremely hard. Walker has seen very good teams as well. But Galloway, they've been giant slayers all season long. I like Galloway to advance past Walker. Next up, Mount Bethel, 13-11, the three-seed out of Region 6 versus 19-5, Tallulah Falls, the two-seed out of Region 8. Um, I'm going with Tallulah Falls in this one. I do know Mount Bethel has some shooters and some players in James White and Jackson Bella, a very nice duo together. But I'm going to go with Tallulah Falls here. Anthony Hanna was a first-team all-region pick. Um, also, Devonta Allen was a second-team pick. And then honorable mention, uh, you put in Gavin Page. Uh, Tallulah Falls, are, they're okay. They're good. I would have liked to see a team come up and grab Region 8 and claim it as their own. But, of course, that did not happen. And that is why Region 8 just never seems to put a team in the top 10. They just can't take it. They can't take it. And if they do have it, they can't hold on to it very long. Uh, but I do think Mount... Bethel, um, they are going to have a long trip up there. It's going to be tough to win at Tallulah Falls, and I think Tallulah Falls pulls it out and gets to the Sweet 16. Brookstone, 7-17, four seed out of Region 4, versus Green Force, 23-4, number one out of Region 2, number one ranked team in the state. Green Force, way too good, going to steamroll this Brookstone team. Bottom left-hand side, 
13 and 13, Savannah Country Day, three seed out of Region 3, versus 15 and 10, Stratford Academy, Region 1, number 2. Um, I think Stratford Academy gets to the second round. Stratford Academy um, with Khalil Green over there is going to make a uh, make a statement in this postseason run, or at least in this first round. I know, I, I believe they've been without uh, Isaiah Josie, who I think got injured early on in the season, so that's kind of shifted shifted a lot of focus um, towards Green, who has the big-time D1 offers and is ready to handle all that. Uh, I think they're able to get the job done, and they get past Savannah Country Day and move on to the Sweet 16. Next up, Hebron Christian, 10-17. and 17. Brandon Johnson has won a ton of games. Hebron Christian uh, making an interesting decision there, something they could potentially regret with how well these players play for Coach Johnson. But 10-17, and 17, the four seed out of Region 5 against 17-7, and 7, Region 7, number one, North Cobb Christian, who won that region, currently ranked number four in the state, they won that region by beating Darlington 59-57, holding off a, a strong Darlington surge, and then winning at the Lions' Den in Dalton at Christian Heritage 66-56, which goes at an incredibly long way. Uh, Albert Wilson is a stud. We saw him in the fall league. I said, this kid's going to be a game changer. He is 100% a game changer. Josh Dixon is a monster freshman point guard. Uh, this team has all the weapons. I think they're the most balanced team that could compete with the green force they don't have elite size but they do have six foot six and albert uh walker or albert wilson pardon me the the region player of the year which is a big honor uh north cobb christian wins this game easily and moves on to the next round next up george walton academy 17 and 5 region 8 number three versus mount pisca 21 and 6 a two seed out of region six pisca ranks seventh overall uh, I kind of like this George Walton team. They were ranked in the top 10 for a split second there. Matt Reynolds, the coach of the year. Um, Noah Hicks going to Caltech, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he was a region player of the year last year. Uh, didn't grab it this year, but still a very good player that won first team all region honors. Uh, he is also joined by Reese Gelsthorpe, a very sharp shooting guard who was a first-teamer. Kennedy Johnson, a really good guard I liked in the offseason, was a second-team pick. Will Heron and Chase Jocelyn uh, round out the honorable mention picks for this George Walton team. Um, I think George Walton's tough. I think they're going to be able to make this a game, but at the end of the day, Mount Pisgah with the region player of the year, uh, MJ Winter, but more importantly, Micah Tucker, a burgeoning superstar at the guard at freshman. Uh, they're just going to be too tough, and I think Yudochi Asuji, uh, his rebounding ability, crashing the glass, is really going to challenge George Walton Academy inside, and I think Mount Pisgah gets the job done. Bottom left-hand side, 16-14, and 14, four seed out of Region 2, Southwest Atlanta Christian versus Heritage School, 20-7, and seven, Region 4, number 1. Um, I think Saka is a very dangerous team. Uh, I think they could definitely win this game, um, but I'm going to roll with Heritage. Heritage... Um, you know, they've, they've added some transfers to their roster. They've won some game. They have a lot of size and a lot of height inside. Malkine Townshed is a, a, a big body at about six foot six. Sean Nichols is a kid that I believe moved over from McIntosh, leads the team scoring at 19 points per game. Max Skidmore is a very well-respected uh, guard wing type player at 16 points per game. 
And then you round it off with Emmanuel Melvin, um, who averaged 10 points per game, but he's only appeared in 10 games this season. Uh, also a baseball player. Um, let's see. Looks like he uh, has been out for a while, so you can scratch that one. Um, but uh, I think Heritage has enough to win this game. I think it's going to be really close because Saka has played some of the better teams, uh, especially Green Force has played them fairly close in some of their meetings. Uh, I think they're going to challenge Heritage because Saka is very physical inside. Um, Josh Fulmore is a big boy, a big body uh, that can really make some things happen around the rim. Um, they also have some more <clears throat> some more talent. Their leading scorer is actually uh, Jordan Emery at 15 points per game. Uh, he's a tough six foot three, six foot three guard. And then also, of course, um, junior Jaden Emery at 11 points per game, uh, an important piece as well. But I'm going with Heritage, but I'm not surprised whatsoever if Saka pulls off this four versus one upset. Top right-hand side, Elka, 15-12, and 12, number three out of Region 2 versus St. Ampicelli, 14-11, Region 4, number two, St. Ampicelli. Uh, what a fantastic year. Slow start, but Corey Black got this team right back, believing and playing good ball. Cam Ellis has emerged as a player of the year in the region. Uh, TJ Smith was the first team all-region pick, while Josh, or John Thornton and Kingston Salmon, second-teamers in Region 4. But I'm going with Elka here. I do think this Eagles Landing Christian Academy team, they haven't been ranked, but I know Coach Mason does do a very nice job over there. It's been a, a rebuilding process for a while now, but A.J. Flagg, a very good player, 17 points and six rebounds per game, a big guard. You have R.J. Johnson, who's also averaging 17 and six. Jonathan Isaac has some length on the perimeter as well, 8.7 rebounds. I'm going with Elka to advance past St. Ampicelli on the road. Next up, Region 8, 4 seed, Athens Christian 14-6 versus Kings Ridge Academy, or Kings Ridge Christian, pardon me, 24-4. Region 6, number 1, and currently ranked number 3 in the state. I like Kings Ridge Christian in this game. I think they have enough shooting. Isaac Martin can get very hot. Zach Thomas uh, can come on in spurts and really provide a, a scoring boost. And then Micah Hoover, uh, is a Hoover vacuum cleaner on the glass when he wants to be. can clean up misses and score around the rim. Next up, Darlington versus Providence Christian, a game that is a, a really interesting one. Darlington, the three seed out of Region 7, 20-7 overall, currently ranked sixth in the state. Uh, Providence Christian ranked eighth in the state at 18-8, and eight, the two seed out of Region 5. Another coin flip type game. This game is going to be at Providence. Darlington, I love their toughness. Patrick Shelley, uh, he's going to have to really perform like a star player like he is, a guy that uh, deserves more offers. Um, just a big-time guard that can do so much on the floor, average a double-double and you know, lockdown defense when he's uh, completely healthy. Um, Braden Bell knocks down shots. Um, there's just a lot to choose from. Uh, Demarion Floyd is the X factor for this team. He can really turn it on with his athleticism, gets to the rim when he wants to, uh, can score at the rim, and can also kick out to open shooters. Um, so he's he's going to be very important. And then Simon Pollock, where does Simon Pollock fit in? A uh, big body that can knock down outside shots. Um, not the fleetest of foot, but still an important piece. And then DJ Shaw cleans up misses and scores around the rim. 
but they're playing a Providence Christian team that has really kind of refound themselves. Um, Chance Thacker is back after that knee injury, which we thought could have been a season-ending one. The VMI signee is back playing. Tony Carpio, I think that is a huge X factor in this game at six foot eight going to the Citadel is just so good offensively. Uh, really big, gonna cause some issues inside. And then Providence Christian, they've been finding some other guys to help out. Sam Witt has had a couple nice games lately. Um, one player that has really come on strong um, is uh, Devin Long. I like what he brings from the wing, just an athletic energy type guy, a slasher and a rebounder. Uh, he's provided a, a, a big lift in spots for this Providence Christian team. Uh, really good game here. I could see either team winning this one and then running their way all the way to the final four. Um, but I'm going to go with Providence Christian in a close one. Tony Carpio just being the ultimate X factor. And just, you know, both teams have played really good teams. Darlington's seen a lot of great teams in their region schedule, but Providence Christian has seen some very, very imposing teams in the non region schedule. And I think that might just help them barely get over the hump here. Next up, Tattnall Square, 13-13, four seed out of Region 1 versus Calvary Day. 16-6, the Region 3 winner. Um, I think Calvary Day wins this game. They had the Region Player of the Year on their side, and Dayon O'Neill, a big fella. They got him, they got Jake Merklinger, and Juwan Johnson as first-team selections, and DeAndre Singleton rounds it out as a second-teamer. Calvary Day, I think the team from Savannah makes a team from Macon take that long trip back home with a loss. Bottom right-hand side, Trinity Christian, 6-18, 3 seed out of Region 4 versus Paideia, 16-12, 2 seed out of Region 2. Paideia is a, a sneaky good team. They've never been able to get on the top 10, but they're not bad. They beat Saka 69-63 in the semifinals of the Region 2 tournament, and then they only lost 54-44 to Green Forest. Paideia is a uh, is like I said a, a pretty good team flying under the radar. They have some size, they have some toughness. Joe Elston is a little spark plug, undersized guard. Um, they do have uh, Solomon Reed uh, is a big boy at six foot eight, a junior. They have some other size as well at the match with him. Um, there's some stuff to like about this Paideia team. There's some stuff to like, and I think they're going to handle their business and they're going to make it to the next round. Up next, St. Francis, the four seed, 17-9 out of Region 6 against Prince Avenue, 14-12, who came out of nowhere to win Region 8. Does a slipper still fit for Prince Avenue and Coach Brandon Jones? I am not sure. I am not sure. You're looking at a team uh, that was led by uh, first-team all-region pick Robert Skaggs. Uh, is the best player for this Prince Avenue team. They get help from James Robach, who had some big games in the region tournament. Um, and then Cason Smith really rounds out that offense. Uh, and then uh, St. Francis, uh, they kind of faltered, uh, losing in the semifinal round, losing to Kings Ridge, 64-58. Not a huge, not a huge shock there as a two-seed. But then losing 53-37 to Mount Bethel. Now that is a shock. Uh, so they put themselves in a bad position. They do have Jace McCullough, who transferred in the middle of the season from St. Francis to help out. Uh, Drew Robinson is a veteran player who was an all-region selection for this team. Uh, they get help from Ahmad Clark, Cam Robinson as well. Uh, I'm going with St. Francis here. 
Uh, I just think they're they have more talent than Prince Avenue, and I think they're going to be able to get over the hump. I think Prince Avenue their their magic may have ran out uh, or may have run out, but um, I'm going with St. Francis here. Next up, Region Five, number three, Mount Vernon Presbyterian, fifteen and ten versus Christian Heritage. Region Seven, number two, and currently ranked number five in the state. Um, interesting matchup. I mean. Mount Vernon Presbyterian, uh, it sounds like they have a ton of talent. You got Keith Williams, a big body 6'8", post presence with D1 looks inside, who's, you know, an efficient double-double guy. You got him. You got Dennis Scott, who's got big-time offers, a 6'9", sophomore that shoots the ball really well. Um... I don't know why this team hasn't really been able to piece it together. I know guys have been in and out of the lineup with COVID and injuries, so that plays a, a big piece. But the talent is there to be very scary at 15-10 and 10 overall. Um, Scott leads the team in scoring at 13 points and 8 rebounds. Keith Williams, when he's been on the floor, 12 points, 10 rebounds. Sincere Harris is a good guard, a senior that's averaging 12 points per game. Kenny Southall... Uh, a good athlete, nine points, close to ten points per game. Patterson, Ashton Patterson, nine points a game. They have a good nucleus. They have a good core. If they have all these guys, that's going to be tough for Christian Heritage to stop. But the one thing Mount Vernon Presbyterian does not have, they do not have home court advantage, and they do not have Jax Abernathy, who scored, what was it, 53 points in a single game this year. The sophomore sensation is terrific. Zunder Jackson, another outstanding pre- or sophomore who has played incredibly well this season, has really grown. And we're talking about a team that uh, was supposed to have Ashton Blackwell come in from Dalton, but that that got nixed right before the start of the season. Um, And they have not missed a beat. Sundra Jackson, the second-team all-region selection. Uh, They got a lot of help from Cash here, who uh, another young player, an honorable mention pick, Braden Coleman as well, played some key minutes down the stretch. Uh, I'm going Christian Heritage here. I know the athletes and the size, all that stuff – is advantage Mount Vernon, but Christian Heritage is a very good defensive team. They're incredibly difficult to beat at home, and Jax Abernathy is that dude. Christian Heritage to the second round. And finally, Savannah Christian, 8-16, and 16, the four seed out of Region 3 versus FPD, First Presbyterian Day, 20-3, the one seed out of Region number 1, the swan song before trekking into the GISA. Oh, my goodness. But the number 9-ranked team in the state behind Jay King, uh, I think they're going to win this game. FPD loves to play isolation ball, roll it out there, and let King get his shots up. He pours in points and bunches. They are going to overwhelm Savannah Christian with their firepower. Time for my final four picks. Top left-hand side, Galloway versus Green Forest. Green Forest has let me down time and time and time and time and time and time and time again, but I think they have really have – gotten over that i mean they played almost exclusively 7a top 10 teams in the non-region schedule and played very well against all of them um they haven't lost a game in a long time it feels like let's see what their winning streak is just to be accurate i know they haven't lost a a, a class a private game um they've won 19 straight games their only losses have come against pebblebrook number one in 7a uh, North Gwinnett, top five school in 7A. Grayson, I think number six in 7A. Newton, number four in 7A. 
Uh, those are the only teams that they've lost to, okay? So they have been terrific all season long. Uh, I know, like I said in the past, they, they let me down big time. They lose games they have no business losing. But I think this team has come of age. Jalen Force is a senior, averaging 19 points per game. Florian Tenenbae, 12 points per game. Uh, Guy Chol is is solid at 10 points and 8 rebounds, 2 blocks. You even have um, uh, DK Manuel blocking 5 shots per game. Jalen Peterson is now eligible after transferring in from Stevenson in the offseason. So that's another added piece. Um, they just have so much. They have so many transfers. They have so much size. They have just... Everything they can want and more, it's it's in it's incredible. Uh, they even got guys like uh, Daniel Daramola that probably never even gets to play a whole lot, but that's a kid that's going to be a really good player in due time. Um, I think Galway exceptionally well coached. I give them the advantage with the X and O's, and Anthony Arrington is a tremendous player, but you're just asking way, way, way too much for them to be able to beat Green Force. I think it is definitely doable, especially with the three-point ball. If Bradley Banner is knocking them down and Quentin Alterman is creating off the dribble and Anthony Arrington is clicking on all cylinders, they can do it. They can beat Green Force, but I am going to pick Green Force just because eventually the most talent on paper, I know it's been a while, but eventually that has to win out at some point, right? And if that's the case, I think Green Force makes it to the Final Four. Bottom left-hand side, North Cobb Christian versus Mount Pisgah. I got North Cobb Christian. I just think they have so many weapons. If Tremaine Davis gets hot, Jack Hewitt, um, they can shoot the lights out with the best. Me and Christian Hernandez, if he comes in off the bench, that is that is a three-point sniper. Um, just so many tools to work with over there at North Cobb Christian. I think they are just going to be a little too strong for Mount Pisgah. Top right-hand side, Providence Christian over Kings Ridge. I I don't know why, but I just I'm not ready to give up on this Providence Christian team yet. Thacker is going to get healthier and healthier as the season goes on. Um, Tony Carpio is an ace in the hole, and guys like Devin Long and uh, Samuel Thacker, uh, Braxton Miller, all these guys are starting to step up. Sam Witt, they're starting to step up, and I think this is a team that could get to the Final Four and beat Kings Ridge. Bottom right-hand side, Christian Heritage over St. Francis. Christian Heritage, I just think they're going to be more disciplined and they're just going to be too good defensively. So that'll set up Christian Heritage versus Providence. I have Providence Christian making it all the way to the state finals. Wow. And I see them against Green Force beating North Cup Christian and Green Force. Finally, getting back atop the heap, riding that size and talent and strength and everything they have, everything going for them. I think the Eagles take home the state title. Alas, here we are. Class A public, the final classification, the final 32 games of 128 that I will be previewing today. Top left-hand side, 13 and 15, Seminole County, Region 1, team number 3 versus Jenkins County, 14 and 12. Region 3, number 2 seed. I like Jenkins County in this one. I think Jenkins County has played some good ball. They're the co-defensive player of the year in the region in Marcus Golfin. And um, they have some all-region guys, first-team all-region guys, <clears throat> pardon me. And uh, James Allen is the one that really stirs the drink for this team. Demontre Moore and ZZ Wilson also very important. And this is a team that played really well in the region tournament, almost came away 
with a huge upset, uh, Jenkins County. Uh, they actually did beat the, the the number one seed going into the tournament. They beat Bryan County 68-56 and then um, saw Portal race past them 59-54 in a very close game. So I like Jenkins County. Next up, GMC 13-15, and 15, the four seed out of Region 7 versus 25-2, Manchester Region 5. Team number one, ranked fifth in the state. Manchester crushes them. Manchester, a bunch of big football players. Um Trey Jackson is a tough one. Uh, Cam Long is a big body. They just have so many options that they can throw out there. I was able to witness them play Chattahoochee County earlier in the season, and I do think this is a, a, a quality Manchester team that if they can play physical, they can beat you up. Uh, Zywan Gray, another big body that rebounds. Uh, Elijah Juan Wright can score points as well, so I'm going with Manchester. Next up, 18-8 Bowden, Region 6, number 3 versus Towns County, 18-7, Region 8, number 2, Towns County, the defending champs. I'm going Towns County here, Bowden, um, unfortunately, it's just a one-man show. Arthur Johnson has to take 40 shots a game for this team to, 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 to beat decent teams, and uh, he has no help at all. As far as, you know, enough help. He's got a couple guys that can hit a couple shots here and there. I think Colton Drummond is, is a solid player, um, but I just don't know if, if outside of him if he, he's got enough. Andrew Hobson helps out every now and then, um, but it's just going to be too tough because Towns County, they have a stud of their own averaging over 25 points per game and Colin Crowder, and they have beaten a team that has a superstar before in Raven County with Connor McKay, so they can handle it. Um, the quickness of Johnson is going to lead to a lot of open looks. I feel like Towns County is going to have to really do a, a great team effort of slowing him down, but I do think Towns County overall is a better basketball team than Bowden. Next up, Wilcox County, 12 and 12, Region 4, number 4, versus Charlton County, Region 2, number 1 team, currently ranked number 7 in the state. They pop into the rankings after they come into the Region 2 tournament as the 3 seed. They blow out number 2, Turner County, 76 59, and then they handle their business 49 46 over 4 seed Clinch, who upset. Lanier County, and that's just Class A public for you. All these upsets on the boys and girls side just absolutely throws everything out of whack. It's crazy. You just don't know who to believe in, but I'm guessing I'm going to believe in Charlton County for at least one game in the state tournament. I have them beating Wilcox. Bottom left-hand side, Bryan County, 20-6 and six overall. Region 3, number 3, as we just mentioned. Um, this is a team that was a number one seed heading into the region tournament. They have Mitchell County, 19-8, the two-seed out of Region 1. I'm going Mitchell County here. Uh, Mitchell County, uh, they do have some quality talent. I really like uh, what they have on the wing. And one of their best players who I got to see in the offseason as a, uh, a dynamic guy that can really shoot the three ball well off the dribble. Uh, super athletic, super bouncy, just does a lot of good stuff. And that's Xavier Wilcher. Um, as I mentioned, about six foot six, he's averaging over 15 points per game, and he also has help from Desmond Daniels, 13 points and nine rebounds. I'm going with this Mitchell County team. I just think that they're pretty good. They're pretty dynamic, and they played against a team in Calhoun County, 24-0. Um, they've played against one of the best teams in the state, so I think they'll be able to handle Bryan County in a close matchup at home. Next up, Taylor County. Region 5, number 4, 12 and 14 overall at Region 7, number 1, Warren County, 21 and 3. Warren County is ranked 6 in the state. A very nice head-to-head matchup here. 
Um, when you look into it between these two programs, uh, you're looking at uh, Nick Woodard of Taylor County, a very good score, a big-time score as their go-to guy uh, for sure for this Taylor County team. He is going to be matching up against Lorenzo Johnson, an explosive scorer in his own right for Warren County, averaging over 22 points per game. I think Warren County is a better all-around team around Johnson. I think Taylor County really has to rely uh, very heavily on Nick Woodard um, to score the ball, and he just doesn't have enough of a supporting cast around him to help him out, and that's part of the reason why they finished 11 and 14 overall, but Woodard is definitely going to get his. He's averaging 26 points per game, a really tough guard to stop, about six foot four on the perimeter, but I do think Warren County, better overall team, and they will get the win. Next up, Commerce, 11 and 16, Region 8, number three, versus 17 and 8, Fulton Leadership Academy, the two seed out of Region 6, getting past Bowden to get here. Commerce is a team tallest player, about six foot, six foot one, uh, just a lot of scrappy little quick guys. I think Fulton Leadership will have enough answers um, for that type of team. Uh, Rayshon Ford is a quality card in his own right, and Hannah Harris, another first-team Region 6 guy. I think FLA advances past Commerce, uh, even though Commerce will get some good production out of guys such as Jackson Morris, uh, a very, uh, very high-energy type player. Bottom left-hand side, uh, an interesting first-round challenge. Turner County, 20-4 overall. They are playing Dublin, um, 26-1. Dublin is 26-1 out of Region 4, the number one seed, and currently ranked three in the state. Uh, Turner County fell to that four seed out of Region 2. Um, not sure what happened to Turner County in the region tournament, but they did get upset by Charlton. I guess we did mention that earlier, and then they lost by two points to Lanier County, who entered the tournament as the one seed. So Turner County, um, they're going to have their hands full at Dublin. Dublin's really, really good. Uh, Dublin won a close game against Dooley County, 64-61. So they've been getting challenged by Dooley, who is a, a tough opponent. Um, but I'm going with Dublin in this one. Zion Davis is a very good player. If you don't know about him, he should be on some radars. About 6'2", 6'3", swingman, tough as nails. Can score in a variety of ways and can get after it defensively. Averages close to 17 points per game and seven rebounds. They do have a six foot six post presence in Deshaun Peacock, 11 points and eight rebounds. And then Quay Ashley and uh, also David Folsom, 10 points and eight points respectively. Uh, Ashley being the, uh, the, the straw that serves the drink as the point guard, averaging over six assists per game. Going with Dublin. Over Turner County. Top right-hand side, Lanier County 20-3 against Dooley County, that two-seat out of Region 4. Lanier County, are they still ranked? They are ranked number 8, and right behind them is Dooley at number 9. This could be a really good game. Lanier County, um, EJ Brown, it's his last hurrah. Is he going to get the job done? It's up to him at this point. Uh, He's had a really good career since day one over there at Lanier County. Um, they've always been threatening as a, as a potential title contender, but haven't really ever gotten over the hump to necessarily put themselves in that position. Um, but he's off to a really uh, good season this year, as always. He's always been a really good player, and he's got some help alongside him with some other uh, size to pair next to him, and that would be in the form 
of, drum roll please, in the form of Mr. Let's see here. DeCorian Pope is about six foot four, so he helps out a lot. Um, and then Ethan Norris is a, is a, a captain that is uh, back as well, and Tyler Carswell. So they, they have a lot of seniors, a lot of experience on this team. Um, so that's why I'm going to lend to them uh, beating Dooley County in this one, even though Dooley County is a good team. As we just mentioned, they really pushed Dooley County all the way or push Dublin all the way to their limits in that region championship game. But I'm going to go with Lanier, going with all the seniors. I think they're going to have enough to get the job done. And they will see Drew Charter in the next round. Washington Wilkes, 17-8, and eight, four seed out of Region 8 versus Drew Charter. Region 6, number 1, 26-1, but just fell to number 2. Why did Drew Charter fall to number two? Well, I was just informed that they kicked off their best player on the team, Jacquez Thornton, the reigning Class A Public Player of the Year, has been off the team for a few weeks now. I did not know that. If I knew that, Drew Charter would have dropped sooner. Drew Charter's still a very good team. Jacoby Strozer's a nice player, a strong player. Um, Cam Johnson transferring in obviously is paying off some major dividends now that he has to play an even bigger role for this team. And Cedric Taylor, I like him, 6'5", 6'6", type forward, does a little bit of everything. Uh, Very good, and this team's dynamic in transition. But you just lost the head of your snake. And they're in a region that's not very good. And they handle their business, and I, I, Drew Charter is still very, very good. But you lose your dynamic playmaker that can score from literally anywhere on the court. He was your best offensive player. He was a distributor. He was a quick hand guard. Um, everything, everything, a fiery, sometimes too fiery, which got him in trouble, but a fiery competitor. They lose that now. And I'm just not as sold on some of these other guys now stepping up and having to be their number one option. And now you lose your playmaker that got a lot of open looks for guys too. Drew Charter's still very good, but they do take a hit. And that's why they did slip to number two in the state. Next up, Wilco. Wilkinson County, 13-11. and 11, The three seed out of Region 7 versus Chattahoochee County, 16-7. Region 5, number two. Uh, again, I was able to watch Chattahoochee County play this year. They were missing a handful of starters in their loss uh, in their loss to uh, Manchester, so I didn't get the full gist. But Dexter Hallman is a quality wing, about 6'4", very long, gets on the glass, can block shots defensively, kind of plays in that uh, center fielder role, just sits there and cleans up misses and blocks shots, 19 points and 7 rebounds in a loss against Manchester. Uh, he's tough. Nikita Ellington is a, a quality guard. Quinn Kelly is another change of pace guard. Uh, they have some guys over there. Uh, and I think Chattahoochee County, I think they're going to get past Wilco, especially with that game being over there in Chattahoochee. Next up, we have Portal versus Quitman County. Portal, Region 3, number 1, 16 and 7. They are back in the top 10, it looks like. Currently ranked number 10. They are playing Quitman County, the four seed out of Region 1, 16-13 overall. Portal, they went through some crap this year with that brawl against Trutland. Cost them multiple players uh, for multiple games, many suspensions. So there were a few losses in there. They had a string of maybe five, six games where they were not at full strength. That really kind of hurt them as far as their momentum. But when they have everyone, they are tough. I hosted them at the Sandyspill Tip-Off Classic. They blew out a, a Forest Park team. 
Uh, Amir Jackson is a stud inside, physical specimen. That whole sophomore class is really good. Elijah Coleman is doing his thing, averaging over close to 20 points per game. Um, Joseph Thomas, that is the factor. If Joseph Thomas can knock down his outside shots and take good shots and be that third leading scorer, this team can go pretty, pretty far. If he's not able to do so, then things get a little bit more complicated and it gets a lot tougher. But I do think this portal team is good enough to at least win one game in the state tournament and set up a potential rematch with Chattahoochee County who ended their season in the Elite Eight last year. But mind you, Amir Jackson, the big fella, did not play that game, had a broken hand. Bottom right-hand side, we have two undefeated teams. But first, let's talk about Wheeler County, 20-7, the three-seed out of Region 4 versus Clinch County, 11-7, two-seed out of Region 2. I'm going Wheeler County here. You know, Clinch County is coming on strong at the end of the season, but I just don't foresee them keeping that up. And I'm not saying Wheeler County is a, a juggernaut by any sense of the imagination, but... I think Willard County should be a little bit better of a team than Clinch County. Should be a close game. Games at Clinch, going to be tough, but I'm going with Wheeler County. Next up, Atlanta Classical, 13-12, the four seed out of Region 6 for Social Circle, the new number one ranked team in the state. Region 8, number one seed, Social Circle. If you haven't heard the word, this team is legit. This team has already played so many teams. I already got them in my event. Or I had them in my event, and they, 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 they proved that they belong there. They beat Walnut Grove, a 5A school that's been ranked in the top 10 all season long. They beat them 72-59. They beat Christian Heritage, who I have. What did I just say? Did I say Christian Heritage is going to a Final Four? I have Christian Heritage going to a Final Four in Class A Private. They pounded Christian Heritage at my event. They won 76-66. Christian Heritage came back late, but they were up about 15-20 points on Christian Heritage for the vast majority of that game. They beat up Monroe Area, who ended up winning Region 8 in Class 3A. They drilled them twice, 75-39, and then they came back 74-54. Another big win. They beat Towns County three times. The first two games were fairly close and fairly respectable, but then they just curb stomped them most recently in that region championship game. Left no doubt whatsoever who the best team in that region and likely the best team in the state is 69-39 over Towns County. Who else has this talented team beaten? They beat in South Forsyth, a state tournament team in 7A. They beat them by 11 points. They beat Walton, a team that won the freaking region in Class 7A. In, uh, what was it, Region 2? Region 3, probably. They won Region 3 at 17-10. They beat Walton by 7 points. And they beat Pope 78-73 in the, region cha- or in, the, in the Pope Hounds Christmas Tournament Classic Championship at Pope High School, a team that clinched the three-seed in Class 6A out of Region 6, 21-8 overall, a team that only lost to Wheeler by 4 points, 44-40, a team that beat Osborne to clinch that third seed. You know who... Beat Pope? That was Social Circle beat Pope. What else did Social Circle do? You know, it pretty much ran the gamut of all the wins there. Then it's all in the region play where they just get bored and they blow everyone out. Social Circle is built for this. Set in the offseason with the addition of the Jackson brothers, things were about to change. 
Lamarius Jackson and Quindarius Jackson, those two guys joining this team. The rich get richer. K.J. Reed explodes as a region player of the year, a very good guard that scores from all over the court. This team likes to take threes. Sometimes they can shoot a little too many threes, and that can be a bugaboo, but when they're locked in and it's not getting too out of hand, uh, they are tough to stop. Tyrell Branch, a first-team all-region pick. Cam Gaither, a first-team all-region pick. You're looking at uh, honorable mentions, A.J. Vincent. If you worry about social circle not having size, I got a big six foot six, six foot seven, about 255-pound guy in the middle right there that is improving with his hand and his uh, footwork and hand-eye coordination. Social circle has all the pieces. They've beaten better teams, only maybe other than Drew Charter. Um, they've beaten better teams than everybody else in this classification has, and it's by a long shot. No one else in this classification other than Drew Charter has played the level of competition Social Circle has, and Social Circle has been flawless in doing so. They are the kings of Walton County, if you have not heard. A Walton County that has Loganville in the state playoffs, Walnut Grove, Monroe, all these teams, George Walton County, they, they are the kings of Walton County. This is a good team. This is a team that knew they were going to be very good going into the season. They talk a lot of trash on Twitter, but they back it up on the court. They are going to... I mean, I don't know what the right verbiage is for Atlanta Classical, but I don't know if they want to show up or pull a LOA and just not even plumb play the game because they're going to get pounded pretty good, which is going to set up a second-round matchup with Social Circle and Wheeler County. But Social Circle, book it. They're moving on to the Sweet 16. Next up, Macon County, 16-11, and 11, Region 5, Team 3. <sighs> 16 and 11, as I mentioned. They play Hancock Central. Region 7, 2C, 13-7 overall. Hancock Central, not what they were a year ago. Still a dangerous team, but I'm going to go with Macon County to actually win this one. Uh, I think Daquan Brown is his name. I think he is an interesting prospect that uh, can do some things. Athletic, does a good job attacking as a forward, combo forward, wing type player. Can really do a lot with his athleticism. Putting up good numbers this year. Uh, averaging 12 points, four assists, eight rebounds, two steals, and almost two blocks per game. Uh, a, a nice little piece that maybe junior colleges should look at. And lastly, the last game, Metter, four seed out of Region 3, 13 and 10 overall against undefeated Calhoun County, 24 and 0. Region 1, number one seed, currently ranked number four. I'm not quite sure how Calhoun County is doing it. I know they have some freshmen that are playing big roles. This Calhoun County team was like 3-5 and five a season ago or something crazy like that. Um, they haven't played necessarily a great schedule. Um, they have beaten uh, Mitchell County three times. They only beat Chattahoochee County by four points, but Chattahoochee County is a solid top 10 team or at least have been within the top 10 for most of the year. I know Calhoun County... Does have some size inside, and a freshman named Amazon Figgins at six foot six looks like he's been a big help. Uh, they do have the Super Boys. They do have Enneker, who's always been a uh, Dewan Enneker has always been on this roster. There's always Enneker's on the boys and girls side. They have a freshman in Darnell. So those keep churning these these little families in this community. So Calhoun County, a good team. Uh, Marcus Shaw has give him credit. He always wins a lot of games. Uh, and he's got his team undefeated, beating teams um, very handily. So Calhoun County, they're going to roll on to the next round. And now it's time for the final four picks. Top left-hand side, I have Manchester playing Charlton County. I have Manchester advancing. I just think this is a tough team. I think they're physical. I think their guard play is just good enough to get the job done. Bottom left-hand side, Warren County meets Dublin. 
Dublin is a very, 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 very scary team. If I'm Drew Charter, they know firsthand I'm a very scary team if you're social circle. Just because I worry about that rural physicality of these players that can play football and are tough and are big and are mean. And that's what you see in some of these smaller schools in the out in the sticks. You know, Walton County's not necessarily out in the sticks, and Drew Charter is in Atlanta, so it's a little bit different. But they are some mean, tough-nosed kids that feel like they deserve more credit than what they get. Anyway, I'm going with Dublin over Warren County to make it to the Final Four as a very scary team. Top right-hand side, Drew Charter over Chattahoochee County in the Elite Eight. And then the bottom of the quadrant, Social Circle versus Calhoun County. Two undefeated teams hooking up. Calhoun County has not seen a team like Social Circle. If Social Circle does not get too trigger-happy with the three-point shot and shoot themselves out of this game... I think they're so athletic. I think they're so good with their press. I just think they have guys that can make shots. If one guy's not working, they got about three or four other guys that can get the job done. Social Circle beats Calhoun County. Now we have Manchester versus Dublin in the Final Four. Dublin advances past Manchester. Dublin is a proud program. Ben Smith does a great job over there. They are serious about atoning for last year's Final Four loss on a half-court buzzer beater to Hancock Central. On the other side, Drew Charter versus Social Circle, what should be a a potential state championship matchup. If Jacquez Thornton is not back on this team, I think Social Circle is winning this game. Social Circle can exploit things with their defense. They're going to be all up in them. If they turn Drew Charter into a three-point shooting team, if they keep um, Jacoby Strozier away from the basket and turn him into a jump shooter... It's going to be tough for Drew Charter to handle that. Social Circle, again, they have the resume. They've done so. Drew Charter with a lot of great wins. But mind you, a lot of those great wins came when they were at full strength. You cut off the head of the snake. They're still good. The body's still wiggling. They're not dead by any sense of the imagination. But it gets a little bit harder as each round goes on. Social Circle to the final four into the state championship game. Social Circle over Dublin. Social circle, again, like I said, I worry about the physicality. Let that be on the record, but I do think they have seen enough physical teams and big boys between Walnut Grove with 6'5 and 6'9 and Monroe area with 6'5 and big boys and this and that. They've seen it all. You have to give credit to Social Circle. They've seen the the teams that execute very well in Christian Heritage. They've seen the teams that want to out-athlete you. They've seen seen it all. They've seen it all. And I think Social Circle has seen it all and have seen enough to be deemed the favorite to win the Class A Public State Championship. And that's it, folks. 128 games previewed. Uh, I need to go rest my voice, and I need to go decide where I am going to go watch games tomorrow. Wish me luck. Thank you for listening. Make sure you follow along on KyleSandy355 on Twitter and SandySpill.com. By now, you should know the deal. Send in your all-region teams and your uh, all-state people you want on there, your your, uh, recommendations, whatever you want to say it. But with that being said, I will see you in the gym, and I will be back here for the Sweet 16.